hello everybody on no you can facebook and podcast worlds go ahead we're live hey everyone (laughs) do your thing do your spiel cool hi it's saturday night i don't know what day it is 25th right i got my energy drink i'm tired i'm gonna drink like four of these tonight in this show probably and i got straight soco it's christmas listen someone posted in our in our our work chat about the other day about being 100 days to christmas i'm like fuck that 100 days to christmas countdown yet i'm like jesus christ it's not even the end of september yet you want to start talking about christmas fuck now my son did uh mention he's like uh when he came home yesterday he goes uh, when he woke up this morning, I should say, not came home yesterday, but when he woke up this morning, he goes, Dad, we need to decorate. I said, decorate for what? He goes, for Halloween. I said, oh. <laughs> it's the that's... new fad, man. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, I don't know what Halloween decorations we have, but we can decorate. Sure. You know, let me and mommy go through them. He's like, no, we need to decorate now. <laughs> like, buddy, listen, I, I don't know what we have to decorate with. Mommy's not here. I'm not going through the Halloween decorations right now. (laughs) He's like, let's do it. Because he was over at his friend's house when he was over at my parents. Like, he has a friend that lives next door. And they were decorating for Halloween. They're the early decorators. We're the late decorators. We decorate like two weeks before and then uh, leave them up for a month after. (laughs) (laughs) So you... So you take your time putting them up, but then you, you know, you know, you're, you're late to put them up and then you're late to take them down. Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Mr. Grogu, Notre Dame cup glass over there. That's actually a pretty cool glass. I'm not going to lie. Even though it has Notre Dame on it. It's a cool glass. So I just want to, I want to mention to every, everybody too, oh, that's watching us right now. We kind of did, I kind of did a little thing for this group. We all have on the same exact shirt. Now you're probably thinking, well, that's not possible. They're all fucking different colors. You don't <laughs> got the same shirt on. Oh, but yes, we do. We all, I made us, and, and these may become available at some point in time for everybody to be able to purchase. Um, 50 bucks. I made us all our own sweet four guys round table shirts. Uh, they're all in specific colors. Like mine is Kelly green, gray, and white. AJ's is uh, orange, navy, blue, and white. All the microphones are white, so because every team has a white in it somewhere. Uh, Darth Pat's got on some Yankees colors, and then good old Joe has on. Joe, you want to show him your colors? No, <laughs> sh- I no? never show my true colors. I'm a <laughs> yeah. Gemini. God damn it! Why would I do that? <laughs> nah, you're nah. embarrassed. Now. <laughs> got some Cubs colors on there. Some Cubs colors. That's cool. If you ever. If you guys ever buy the shirts, the money goes to the Pat Stripper Fund. <laughs> <laughs> the Pat Prostitute fan Fund. <laughs> and and before you get potentially upset with saying, you know, what kind of, you know, charity fund is that? It was literally the most worthy charity we could think of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, help kids with no legs or anything like that you know we're, we want to make sure that our good friend darth pat has a little bit of fun <laughs> and, and and also once in his also, life i mean jesus you know and, and and also if um you know we we if we do start you know potentially selling these shirts we do promise to film nwos ads for it where one of where, where one of where one of us probably Joe 
will do the Kevin Nash buy the shirt routine. <laughs> I will. Jesus. I will. Oh, that would it. be awesome. <laughs> Don't care. I'll do it. Because because let's because let's not kid ourselves here. Half the reason they sold as many NWO shirts as they did back in those days was because of those ads with Kevin Nash telling everybody in a high-pitched voice to buy the shirt. <laughs> Probably. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that, you know. So I will – I will. we can go here right now. I went to see the Jonas Brothers this week with my wife. Ooh. And I've been to see – Justin Timberlake and I've seen new kids on the block and the level of obnoxious screaming at this thing was like nothing I've ever dealt with. <laughs> well, that, I think that's because you, so here you go. So new kids on the block is kids is a majority of them are going to be people our age right. because that's what our age group, the okay. girls grew up on. Okay. So you got that. So that's a diff- very different demographic. No, that's that's forty year old women. This yes. was twenty and thirty year old women. Right, Justin Timberlake, the late maybe mid to late uh, mid thirties, maybe late twenties, somewhere in there. The girls going to see Jonas Brothers are my daughter's age. No, like, no, it was mostly women Nicole's age. Really, twenties and thirties, Jeremy. We're not talking about. Maybe some college girls, but that's but but it was mostly women twenty five or old. Wow, that's surprising because I know my daughter went to see the Jonas Brothers also, uh, right out just, just yesterday. I could have. I told Nicole if they could, if I could see them do a virtual concert, I would probably enjoy that because I don't have to listen to the girls screaming the whole time. <laughs> so, because the concert yeah. itself wasn't bad, they're they're some of their couple of their songs I don't particularly like, but it was fine. It's just screaming. It was just like, and the white girl wasted girls that we saw. I She saw more of that on night one, but I had one next to me who kept falling into me and she kept flipping her hair around and hit me with her hair. Oh, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have pushed her. And <laughs> I'd have pushed wow. her like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Fell. Oh, you fell down. Let me help you up. <laughs> like fell on my hand. Her butt like fell on my hand once. And Nicole's sister's like, did you give it a squeeze? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) You've been like, no, this is the Me Too era. Duh. (laughs) That means Me Too. I squeeze. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm just kidding to all the Me Tooers out there. That is just a joke. Just a joke. We don't want to, we're not here to offend anybody. We understand that as a very real thing. Just having a little fun. Only person in the whole pavilion that was not standing so i probably made it hard on myself because i was sitting so the girl behind me kept hitting me with the sleeve of her jacket and the girl <laughs> next to me kept falling on me so because i was sitting down watching aew dynamite <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah i mean and, does that surprise any of you no no <laughs> and at like so what, right before the Jonas Brothers came out, I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and go to the food stand because I don't want to be sitting there when these people come out and they these girls go absolutely apeshit. Mm-hmm. So so I went, I was like standing kind of watching and I was watching Dynamite and all of a sudden the internet there crapped out when the Jonas Brothers came out because everybody was recording it. So all of a sudden I couldn't watch Dynamite anymore for like 10 minutes. 
Yeah, everybody had to go live, man. Everybody put it on go live. Because that is super, super important that you must go live at a concert now. You must <laughs> and go live and show people that you yourself the whole time. Yeah. So it's 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 funny because you know, I went to a concert last weekend. Uh, I went to see um Breaking Benjamin and got to see Papa Roach and uh and that and it was oh, a crazy gosh. ass concert and there was people there too like everybody going live not just take a video and keep it to yourself nope gotta go live like it 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 gets for me it's a little annoying because i i want to be able to watch the concert that i'm at and when people got their phones up especially if it's people in front of me like all i can see is your phone like i can't see through your phone so could you please put your phone down watch the actual concert and enjoy it like <laughs> and there's you're there's asking, you're asking way too much i know there's, I am. <laughs> extremely there's too a, much there's a just there's just a different dynamic between girls and guys when you go to concerts like i don't understand like the these girls are like screaming i love you and i wanted to be like he's married shut the fuck up bitch <laughs> they don't uh, give a shit like he's married sway him like, He's, he he's, mar he's married slash he can't hear you. And he can't see you a hundred rows back. He's not <laughs> going to see you. So shut the fuck up. Like, it's it's annoying. That's the worst part of it. I've never been to a concert where some dude, if if some hot chick's on the stage, he's like, I love you. <laughs> no, he's probably thinking silently in his head or screaming at the top of his lungs something highly inappropriate. Because he knows he can say it and she can't hear it. <laughs> So it's just it's just a different dynamic because I've I've gone to rap concerts most of my life and that's just completely different from this and it's just the the screaming in the ears is just, it was that there was just too much of that. So, so I, I... Let, let, let me ask, let me ask you this real quick because of you know who my favorite band of all time is. Have you seen like old footage of like Beatles concerts? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I that would be rough. <laughs> what 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 do you think i mean obviously you weren't there for those beatles concerts but what do you think was louder and the reason i ask this is because there were some beatles concerts of like i think the the very famous one that they did at shea stadium in 65 where i think they said that the screams were so loud that it was producing like the decibel level equivalent of a jet engine well i i think it i think part of it depends on like when i went to see justin timberlake and new kids on the block we were inside like an arena in this part, we were inside a pavilion, and I think the pavilion is more congested, so I think the sound sounds worse there. Like Nicole said, when they were on the, the lawn in Cincinnati, she said it wasn't as bad there because they were on the lawn. But it also, the, the, the music sounds better if you're in the pavilion than it does if you're on the lawn, because I've been to this place and done both. So it was kind of a trade-off. Do I want to listen to the scream so I can hear the music better? <laughs> or, but I... I'm sure the Beatles ones were worse, just, just for me, because we were in the pavilion, and it was just 95% females in the pavilion. <laughs> yeah, I think the Beatles ones were worse, too, is because that was a constant screaming. I feel like when every time I've ever seen, like, footage of a Beatles concert, it was constant screaming. Like, it never stopped. And it wasn't just the girls. There was dudes screaming <laughs> like that because they were loved the Beatles so much. They, they you know, they were Beatles uh, fanatics. It's Beatlemania, bro. Beatlemania. You know, so I think baby. that that's the give and take between that. Is just it was everybody that was there was a screamer. It was constant. Um, 
for the Beatles where for like Jonas Brothers and stuff like that, there was probably periods where it went down and people were singing the song yeah. and then it went back up yeah. with screaming and down with the song, you know, it, it was up and down. So where, like I said, every time I've ever seen Beatles footage of Beatles concert, it was just scream after scream after scream after scream. It's like they never stopped. Like, I don't know how these people had a voice by the time they were <laughs> done with the concert, but um, yeah, it was crazy. And of course, that's that's one of the reasons why the Beatles stopped giving concerts was <laughs> they just got tired of uh, the the screaming and nobody was listening to what they were actually playing. So they're like, yeah, I, I, I think we're not going to tour anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's it, it, like with the Beatles, it doesn't I get it. Like you really love the Beatles. They were so different. They were so good for so long. But towards the end, like when they were doing what was it like such peppers lonely hearts band and maybe uh i forget what the albums are after that they had gotten older they weren't like i don't feel in my no, mind that they music, were the sex symbols that they were when they first came over from the pond music changed it evolved like uh there was um on some vh1 special from like back in the day the one guy said he said it really happened more in 1966 which is when the beatles released the revolver album and it's also when they stopped touring. It's when they gave their last official concert um, was when like the music changed from pop to rock. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, everybody was starting to get experimental. And the Beatles, of course, were at the forefront of that with Sgt. Pepper and, and, and everything like that. But yeah, they started being, you know, artists at that point, as opposed to being teeny boppers, really mm -hmm. right down to it. So. Yeah, that's that's basically that's basically what it was. Is that like they were like evolving musically, and they were they were going beyond just like where every song was. You know, she loves you, yeah, 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 or I want to hold your hand, and those kind of sentiments to like you know, you know, producing things that like you know made you like you know feel and you know like like took you on like musical journeys and were like experimenting with the, with how they could change the sound and everything. So. And yeah. Along with that came the highly experimental drugs. <laughs> yes, the LSD was quite an influence on quite a few songs of that era. I mean, I mean, shit. If you ever listen to the the song that closes the Beatles tomorrow, uh, Revolver album, Tomorrow Never Knows, it's like no one not on acid could have written that song. So, uh, yeah, I think that so. like I liked. They don't really. I think that the one of the things I do like, I did like about the Jonas Brothers is they play instruments, so they don't like do a bunch of like dancing and like the choreographed dances and stuff. They did like once or twice. They did a little thing together, but they never like were worried about the choreographed dancing and stuff. They were just more like singing and playing their instruments. So yeah, they remind me more well, of they a. Shoot, they, they shoot that stuff cool. out of their instruments, right? What. They shoot like that stuff out of their instruments, like the, that white stuff that they cover all the, the girls in the front row with. Okay, Pat. I guess you never saw that South Park episode. Okay. Yeah. I want to take that in so many different ways right now. And just, I have, I have like, different roads like, that I'm not sure which one to take right now. Just like, when you're done, just, just like when you're done, go to YouTube and look up like South Park Jonas Brothers. And if, as long as it's... If, as long as it's on there, I think you'll see what I mean. <laughs> that's good. What 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 do you, what else do we want to talk about? I'm done. That's enough of that. <laughs> he's done talking about the Jonas Brothers. He he's given them enough time. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Well. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Can you can you see anything 
am I, that I'm no. sharing or no? I mean, it says that you're sharing some computer sound. Okay, but, good. But I can't good, hear good. anything. I'm just going to leave it like that, and I'm going to try to play something later and see if it works. If it works, oh, it does. Oh, it does we're, it. We're ex- not only did the Beatles experiment, okay. we're going to do experiment two. <laughs> Please no finger in my ass, okay? <laughs> We've got to get experimental. <laughs> what, drugs did, what drugs did we drink today? Jeremy, did you did you, so did you watch did you watch the Kenny? Did you watch the match? I I did, and I want to talk about that, but I want to I want to I want to kind of go into football first. Okay, I want to okay, cuz football okay. uh, um you know, we we've had 2 weeks of football. It's been I don't know about you for you guys. I've been super stoked for the last two weeks with the with football and stuff, being able to watch the Eagles. It's so different because I've been watching by myself because either my parents have been home, so I'm not hanging out with my dad on a Sunday. My brother hasn't been home, so I'm not hanging out with him on a Sunday. Um there's no football that I wanna that I'm necessarily wanna watch. I probably will sit and watch some football uh while my daughter and that are at uh cheer camp, but uh nothing particularly interesting about football until Sunday. But I do want to share, like I got, I want to talk about a couple things with football. One, like where we are, what game, you know, if there was any, uh, you know, there was quite a few highlights that I saw in regards to week two, um, which I thought I mean, were really cool. Real quick, Clemson lost today in college football. I was excited. I was stoked for so that. Did, unfortunately, so did we, Joe. Well, we just suck. So there's there's expectations okay. there with that one. My sharing is going to stop your sharing there, Joe. Uh, so okay. you'll have to you'll have to redo your share. Okay. Fine. It's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I watched a lot of college football today. I was actually able to sit down and watch college football, so it was, it was so, pretty nice. After the first two weeks, I mean, we did have a game on Thursday, of course. There's always the Thursday night game, but we got the the, NFC, the AFC East is a, a crapshoot right now. Who knows who's going to come out of that one right now? Look at the AFC West, baby. Yeah. yeah. And this is what I wanted to highlight. <laughs> the one team we all were like, you know, we were like, we kind of agree with AJ. We're like, eh, yeah, they'll probably be, what did you say, like eight and, uh, eight, and nine. eight and nine. They could easily be a 10-wood team. We'll have to nah, see. I, I mean, I, they could. I think 10, 10 and seven is, is not out of the realm of possibility because they play the Jets tomorrow. So that, sh- that should be a win. Supposed to win that game too. <laughs> so that should be a fairly easy win tomorrow. And then you got the oh. AFC North. That's a toss Everybody, up again. Everybody's got the same record. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, those, we play the we play one the of Browns those tomorrow. Those teams tomorrow. You yeah. have this. You come are, on, Chicago. Yeah, come on, Chicago. That's actually going to be a. Go Bears, but I'm. That's, I'll say Go Bears tomorrow. That uh, that game's gonna be on TV tomorrow on Fox, so I'll be able to watch it. We'll see how that goes. Go Browns. Fuck <laughs> you, Go Browns. Jackass. Again, we've gone over Baker. this in the past because the Giants own the Bears' first round pick next yes, year. Yes, I know. <laughs> I have to lose to the Bears to lose. It doesn't matter who they play. <laughs> so, and this has been interesting. Uh, because I do have like the scores and stuff from last last week, but it's interesting. You got the Colts who are zero and two, the Jaguars who are zero and two, Tennessee. Uh, Jags are lucky if they win five. Yeah, Jag the Jaguars are pretty bad. I don't know what's going to go on with the Colts. Um, like I said, I'm rooting for Carson Wentz to do well, but I don't. It doesn't seem like they've got all the tools that they need. Um, well, that's the problem they're having right now. Wentz is banged up. They don't even know if he's going to play tomorrow. 
Yeah. So then we go over to this lovely, this lovely crap shoot. Here we got the NFC East, which looks like a hell, which is, as we knew, was going to be a hell hole. But here's the lovely Giants where we kind of thought that they were going to be at 0-2 after the first two games. (laughs) Though I must say. I I can't say I thought they were going to be at 0-2 because I, I mean, they, they played terribly against Denver, but they could have and should have in Washington last Thursday night. Right. That game, and I'm going to bring up the scores in a little bit. Yeah, they should have. The Washington game was so tam close. Like, that was a toss-up who was going to win that. It's, it essentially seemed like a back-and-forth. Now, I didn't actually get to watch that game, but it seemed like it was more of a back-and-forth or one team came from behind. I don't know, Darth Pat, you could probably allude to that a little bit better because I'm sure you watched that game. Yes, I did. It was basically uh, the Giants uh, blew it. Oh, Giants blew it. Okay. When you when you come right down to it, that's really the best way to say it. the Giants could have should have won that game, but they they blew it. They they missed opportunities. They left points on the field. Um, there was some some bad officiating, but I I wouldn't say it was of the type that like totally decided the game. Uh, yeah, it didn't help though. For certain, uh, no, certain, no, certain it's because they, 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 they got called for a hold when it looked like Jones had broken a long touchdown run, and then mm-hmm. they had to settle for a field goal after that, and the hold that they called was questionable at best. So, yeah. yeah. The, the NFC West is looking good. I mean, this is good. I think this is going to be the toughest division of the of the four oh, in the absolutely. NFC. Definitely um, looking good, yeah. Um, I'm surprised with the Cardinals a little bit, I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't really care for their quarterback. Um, oh, Kyler Murray's awesome. Thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care for him. <laughs> Kyler Murray's good. Me neither. But uh, that's just a personal thing. Um, nothing against him as a human being or anything like that. Now, you, you said me neither, AJ, so you don't like him? Is that, that's what you're saying? Yeah, because he's from Oklahoma. Fuck that. Well, I mean, I... I, 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 sooner. I, I Fuck the I, Boomer I, Sooners. I figured that's what you meant, but I just want to make sure. Um, uh, that's definitely what he meant. <laughs> I am surprised, though. I'm going to be honest. I am surprised that the 49ers are sitting here at 2-0. and oh. I thought they'd be 1-1 one and one by the end of the first two weeks. I figured yeah, they'd split. Hopefully they'll beat the Fudge Packers tomorrow night. Well, yeah, I think you're saying that because you thought your Eagles were going to beat them last week. Well, not necessarily. I thought it was a toss-up for the Eagles game. I thought they might lose their first game. That's the game I thought they might lose because if I remember correctly, Jimmy Garoppolo did not play that game. They had a different quarterback that game, and I think maybe Garoppolo came in late in the game or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Garoppolo. Let me let me check. Yeah, check that out because I'm pretty sure I remember hearing like um, updates on that game, and Garoppolo did not start that game, or he came, or he got replaced. Garoppolo played most of the first game, but Trey Lance did come in for a little bit. Like in the in the first game they, where they beat Detroit forty one to thirty three, which is a game where they had a big lead and almost blew it towards the end. Oh um, yeah, I think they brought Trey Lance in after they had a huge lead. Yeah, like like Lance threw one five yard. Well, he threw one pass, which ended up being a five yard touchdown pass, and he also had three carries for two yards. So he didn't do a lot, but he did play. I think it was. I I, I actually thought I didn't see any of of the game last Sunday between the 49ers and the Eagles, but I thought that Garoppolo... Hey, Garoppolo played the whole game. He did. He no, did. Garoppolo did play the whole game. Okay, so... Yeah, I was... Garoppolo played the whole game. He looked like shit. Um, 
except for a couple drives. Um, yeah, 22 and, of 30, 189 yards and a touchdown. So that's not like very prolific. No, and but it, it, it helped that the Eagles couldn't put shit together either. So that was a game yeah, of like, who's going to actually have the better defense down the road, like down the yeah, long stretch. If you're if you if your defense is holding your opponent to eleven points, you don't have to do a lot to win. No, and the Eagles, and it was really a toss up between the Eagles and D, uh, the Eagles and Forty ers defense, which one was going to really give up the most points, and it just happened to be the Eagles defense that day. Um, the Rams and the Buccaneers play tomorrow. That's the best game this weekend. Yeah, and the Rams don't surprise me that they're sitting there at two and zero. You know, we're getting no. to see. I I feel we're getting to see more of what. Um, Matt Stafford can do now that he's with the Rams. Like I with think an actual got, team. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the Packers, of course, here at one and one. So are the Bears. Good job. Bears winning last week. Um, God. <laughs> the Vikings are exactly where they belong because they've got uh, the the sweetest uh, quarterback ever, which I can't stand him. Kirk Cousins. A, yeah, Kirk Cousins. They make a big deal out of him and he's a freaking choke artist. Uh, seen it too many times, especially when he was with the uh the Washington Redskins. It's it's hard to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for really. It, it, it's hard to uh, like, yeah, that's it. It's hard to like people who went to Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lions are right where we thought they were, especially um, if you're a Penn State and Notre Dame fan. So this one kind of surprised me. The Panthers being three and zero after you know they won on Thursday. Uh, but being three and zero, I mean, they do have Christian McCaffrey. You know, well, McCaffrey is hurt now. Oh, now he's hurt. Okay, he's, he's I didn't see that on the injury report. He's going to miss a few weeks now, and they also lost J.C. Horn, the rookie uh, uh, cornerback, I believe. Yeah. I think he's a cornerback. Um, but so Their far, solid. yeah, so far it looks like the early results from Sam Darnold have been promising. So yeah, maybe he's maybe, played good. Maybe they've rescued him. Who knows? Well, I mean, you know, a little premature probably through three games. But, uh, I mean, if you can start 3-0, and you know, you're in a pretty solid position, um, especially because oh. you got you, you realize the Falcons are pretty terrible. Yes, they um, are. And that's why they're 0-2. And, and the Saints are not the Saints of old because, you know, oh, we're, we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in the post-Drew Brees era, and they, and they pounded the Saints there last week. Yeah. So here's the thing obviously, the... You know, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, Tampa is going to be good, but, um, but yeah, again, you can start three and zero, then you're you're doing something right. So. Well, and here's the thing with the Saints, like, and I know uh, the guy that the quarter, it's you know, he's from Florida State, but I I think once we got past that first game, I think we're going to kind of see him settle in and kind of be what he was in Tampa Bay, which is a, you know a mediocre to good um, starting quarterback. I don't think he's been anything special since he's been in the league. Um, you know, There's too many turnovers. He's a I mean, turnover I, machine. I, I was going to say though, the Saints, the Saints, I think are going to need him to be better than mediocre to good. You know, if they if they're if they're going to go anywhere this year, they need they need more out of that out of him than that. So, but I love to see some of these scores. I mean, the the Buffalo Bills beat up on the Dolphins. The Packers shouldn't have even let the you know the Lions score, but the Lions. You know, but the Packers' defense is terrible. It has been for years now. The Bears and Bengals, as as we know, Joe was gasping at that one as the Bengals <laughs> won that game. Could have won that game. Um, there, here was a defense optional game with uh, thirty-one to twenty-one Denver, Tennessee, and uh, 
I'm sorry, not Tennessee, the Texans and freaking uh, Browns. Browns. Uh, here was another defense optional, 27 to 24. There was a lot of, like, and that's what I look like. Some of these scores, like, this isn't bad. That's not bad. Um, where was another one? Here was uh, the Buccaneers and Falcons. Defense optional, 48 to 25. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we can show up. We we'll get on the field, but I don't think we'll play. Um, this one, too, the Vikings and Cardinals. This game was crazy. Like, I watched a lot of highlights from this game, and it was just big play after big play after big play. Like there was, you know, it was just nuts. Same with the Titans and the Seahawks like that. Like I love, I don't mind high scoring games, but man, it's, you know, to see two teams like chiefs and Ravens too, like that was back and forth and highlight machines. um, Yeah. The chiefs, the the chiefs blew that game. They were winning 35 to 24, like in the fourth quarter, they like blew that game. Oh yeah, yeah stopped, Mr. Edwards Holaire fucked me over. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped following that game last Sunday night, feeling like the Chiefs had it in hand. And then I checked the score either later that night or the next morning. I said, "Holy shit, Baltimore won!" <laughs> yeah, yes, Edwards Holaire's fumble cost me negative fantasy points, which hence cost me to lose my fantasy week last week which <laughs> i was exp- i was winning until his fumble and then i lost and i was like you piece of shit i was winning <laughs> until i wasn't yep so i was furious so i, w- I just want to kind of get everybody's thoughts on this so my thought out of the afc just seeing what we've seen i kind of feel it's like a a toss-up um the chiefs are still i think very strong in the afc to win it. Um, but my other team that I think might actually be able to do some damage um, this season to, and and it's kind of odd one out there is the bills. Um, I don't know if a whole lot of people the like, AFC, they made it to the AFC championship game last year. So no, I know, but just with the, their division being a little bit weaker, and I think they're the strongest team in that division, we might see another good push from the Buffalo Bills again. Even though they're sitting at one and one right now after two weeks, I think we might see another yeah. good push from them this year. I think their first week loss, they just they just looked horrible. Well, they were winning most of the game, and then all of a sudden, like, Pittsburgh, like, yeah. like won. Like, like, Buffalo was winning, like, Till like the third quarter, late in the third quarter, I think even it might even have been the fourth quarter, and then all of a yeah. sudden, I think Pittsburgh took the lead, and then there was a blocked punt or something like I like there was like there was, some yeah there was there was a block yeah so we just yeah. played really not so well though and Pittsburgh's think... like Pittsburgh's hard to figure out like one week Pittsburgh plays good and looks like looks like world beaters, and then the next week they don't like Pittsburgh's been a hard team to figure out the last couple of years. They're a team that's yeah. going to need health above all else, uh, especially because they have an older quarterback um, yeah. who is generally one of the tougher guys you've seen play the position over the last, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. But he's, but he still had injuries that have kept him out. Uh, I know I saw Watts going to miss their game tomorrow against Cincinnati. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty huge loss because, you know, you just don't want to be without um, that type of guy. You know, uh, who's, who's such a trademark defender, and it's like, yeah, it's like they, they beat Buffalo, but then they went and they lost to the Raiders uh, at home. I was, about to, I was about to say Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Vegas. The Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Trying to trying to trying to say Las Vegas is still a little. It's, 
like that not flowing from the tongue, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like Roethlisberger hasn't even thrown for 500 yards through the first two games with a low average per attempt. It looks like, and um, they have. It, it looks like they barely tried to run the ball. They only have 35 carries through two games, which seems low, and they're only That's averaging. Bad. And they're only averaging 3.3 yards a carry, anyway. So yeah, I don't um, feel like they have a very dominant back right now. Mm-hmm. Well, they have Najee Harris, who's a rookie from Alabama, but uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 really looking more like uh, maybe they have some line issues too. If you're only getting that much and everything, and um, they they don't really have like a true dynamic wide receiver. I mean, they have Smith Schuster, who I've never really thought much of, but that's because he's a Trojan. He's, and, and, uh, and the thing with him is he's cool. spotty. Like some games he's can be really good and get and do well, but other games he's just like flat. Yeah. So absolutely. But, you know, when they, you go to the they NFC, have, they also have Penn State's Pat Fryer move the tight end. So. But when you look at the NFC, I mean, I think the Rams are going to be coming out of the NFC as a possible contender. The Cardinals, I'm not sold on yet. Um, I have to see more of them. If, if Tom Brady doesn't get hurt, the Tampa Bay is probably going to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay is a contender, and I think the Panthers might actually be a contender this year. Uh, once again, we'll have to see how they play through adversity um, with losing Christian McCaffrey and stuff like that. But They got three other running backs that stepped up in that game the other night to take place for McCaffrey. I, I think they'll be fine. They're going to miss his versatility, but um, they'll be okay. Overall. Yeah, but it's um... – it's a little hard to get it's betting to bet against Brady until <laughs> yeah. Brady's until, healthy. <laughs> until yeah, he so. starts until, until he starts sucking it up or um gets hurt. Yeah, it's it's a it really is a little hard to bet against him because he has weapons. I mean so. early early week two predictions. You can see Rams and Buccaneers in the NFC championship game, but right. I'll wait till week six before I start making any yeah two two long term. Two weeks is too early to make predictions in a lot of cases, except for the fact that if you're one you of the sucks. Sitting, if you're one of the teams sitting there at 0 and two, you ain't making it a play. <laughs> now you're screwed. It's it's I can't remember what they they always show the stat and I don't remember what it is, but it's it's such a low, low, low percentage of teams that have started 0-2 that actually end up making it into the playoffs. Right, it's it's a it's a deep hole that you that you start off with because it's it's when you're talking about sports of any type, when you start uh, and football, because there's such a short season, you know, you'll have 17 games. It's a, such a huge morale killer to go 0-2 in the beginning of the season. It's nothing to lose to, like if you start off with two, like 2-0 and and then you lose 2 and you end up at 500. Not that, like you know you can win. Like you're a team that knows they can win. Not that detrimental. Right, not that detrimental. But when you start off 0-2, you start to be like, shit, are we really that fucking bad? Like, what the hell is wrong with our, our <laughs> fucking team? Like, don't we have talent? Like, it kind of messes with your mind as an athlete to start off a season like that. So, and that's why I think that stat is the way it is because you see teams, they can't seem to, they, they maybe they get to 2-2, two and two, but then they have a loss, you know, and, and they just never seem to be able to battle back and get on that winning streak where they get to a, you know, above 500 season and able to, you know, sustain that. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and there's some differences too. Like, you know, like, like uh, the Colts because they play in a weaker division or the giants because they play in a weaker division, uh, you know, might find it easier to make the playoffs after starting 0 two. 
teams like the Falcons or the Lions or the Jets um, or the Jaguars are either just too obviously talent deficient still mm -hmm. or they're playing too strong a division, some combination. And so it's, it's easier to, to get down to yourself. I mean, now the good thing for a lot of those teams is that like, nobody's expecting them to do anything this year. So it's like not like jobs. A lot of those teams have first year head coaches. So it's like, you know, jobs aren't riding on their, their, the, yeah. the occupancy season. It's about, it's about development of young players and blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, exactly. so since we're, since we're doing football, are we going to do this uh, fantasy draft thing now or? Oh, the fantasy yeah. draft. Yeah. Oh, see, this guy probably doesn't even, he probably even look at nothing all week. Lord, oh, Jesus, Me? God almighty. Of course yeah. I did. Oh, Lord. All, I, all, all <laughs> I, I was I, working I, on it. I definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't looking at anything, so. Oh all right well just it shouldn't me, be too hard for you anyway you gotta get just give me an era like what are, what are we doing we got to pick a running uh you know <sighs> okay well, let me just, explain it's, it's this right. again you don't have to explain it let's just start picking and i'll know what i gotta do <laughs> you, well, you have to you have to use use, use different eras though so you right. can't you can only pick so it's, two people yes. from the same era like once so right. and what eras are we yes. going from 80s 90s early 2000s and 2010s okay and there are definitely people that played in different decades too so there are definitely going to be people on here that you could use for for two different decades probably so all right all right all right so i'm gonna go first draft order supposedly no. Joe's draft oh. order. Dra Joe's so, got a draft order. i just want to go first <laughs> so i put our names in a hat and i made my son pick our names out for a draft order I'm going to get him. If, this... did, if I didn't get picked first, I'm going to get him. I'm going to come you, down to you, North Carolina. And no, you didn't. You, you didn't get picked first. <laughs> Joe, Joe didn't mark which slip of paper was his too, obviously, for Nikoto Moore. <laughs> no, I didn't make it blue. <laughs> and the rest were white. I didn't tell him what to do. No, not at all. So, Pat, you actually go first. Jeremy goes second. I go Ooh. third. And then AJ's last. And we can't, if they pick somebody from the same we can't pick some the same no. person from the same era. No, you can't pick the same no. person twice. Once a person's gone, they're gone. All right. All right. Yep. So Pat gets so to go first. Yeah, so. so it's one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. It's just something fun to do that I saw on Barstool. All right, Pat. You're going first, Pat. Oh! <laughs> Go, Patrick. You're on the clock. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Do you, do you have do you have the the, the sad the sad? There's an injured player on the field. Talk to me. <laughs> um. No, that was cool. Thanks, Joe. That was cool. Let's see, let's see. Um, sure. I don't. I hope our listening audience was able to hear that because that was absolutely fabulous. If you guys were able to hear it, they should be able to hear it. I hope right. so. Go ahead, Pat. All right. Well, so what I did work. That's sweet. That's all I needed to know. Well, I, I I guess I gotta gotta take Brady. Okay. That's going with T Brady. All right. All right, Joe. You're gonna have to keep track of this as far as who picked who and what era they're from. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping track. Brady could be from either the two eras. So yeah, he's got the 2000s and the 10s. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, when was he better, the 2000s or the 2010s? Hmm. It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> I mean, he lost uh, twice in the 2010, so maybe I should say he's from the 2000. <laughs> well, I think it just depends the way your draft works out. All right, it's, it's so so I'm second. All right, so I got to think quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. All right, if we're going to go quarterback, I guess I'm going to take on. my 80s quarterback. And I'm you don't gonna, have to go quarterback. It's up to you, Jeremy. I'm going to go quarterback because I want to make sure I get get the quarterback that I uh, that I would like to get. I'm There's gonna, so many of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, but 80s quarterback, man. Um, I have to go with probably the second greatest quarterback uh, as far as Super Bowl wins. That's got to be Mr. Joe Montana. Really? Okay. I'm already kidding. <laughs> I'm like, really? What? I'm already kidding. Tied, okay. tied for a second. <laughs> Yeah, Terry Bradshaw, Montana. 40. All right. So I guess that's my. 80s, I guess he's the '80s quarter. Yeah, he would be '80s quarterback for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm taking my running back. You fucking crazy. I know who you're taking. Walter Payton, of course. Yep. There's the true '80s running back. Yeah, right. Check a pile. Actually, now saying that then didn't remind me of the one billionaire Ted skit where uh, they were talking about. I think it was actually Vince Russo was playing the guy who was saying, like, you know, it's like, you know, all we have are the greedy, disloyal has-beens from the '80s, and you know, then like uh, <laughs> the Nacho Man said, "Who are you going disloyal?" By the way, I started in the seventies, and then the hucksters all like. <laughs> I do remember that actually. That is funny. All right, AJ. I'm going to take Randy Moss. All right, nineties wide receiver. No, I, I'd say two thousands. He's yeah, he's going to be Was he into? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so I would say two thousands is. I'm going to take Randy Moss. After right, Randy Moss. All right. And then I have to go again, right, Joe? Yes, sir. Is, is this a labyrinthine draft? Yes. Are you gonna take are you gonna take Dante Dante Culpepper next to go with no. Randy Moss? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm actually gonna take uh Gronk. Gronk. Ooh. It's a good tight end. So he'll, he'll be, be my your two thousands tight end, right? Two thousand tens tight end. Okay. Jeremy, yeah, he did come Jeremy, in the league later than than uh did did Jeremy just say that Gronk has a good tight end? I said he, <laughs> he is did. a good tight end. <laughs> he meant he is. He has a nice tight end. end. Wasn't he a tight end? He used to be. <laughs> uh, oh, man. In living color, three snaps. Okay. Okay. I got it. I wish I could snap my fingers. <laughs> three snaps oh, in a backfield oh, in motion. They're turning it now. Life would be so much easier. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who to pick after that first draft pick. We're <laughs> <laughs> making fun All of right, everybody. everybody. Going, I know right, I have everybody. a whole I have a list in front of me. <laughs> Joe, 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 Joe just revealed the whole reason to do this. He just wanted to talk about how great Walter Payton is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm already kidding. Um. I'm taking uh, uh, I'm actually taking a tight end too. I'm taking Gates. Ooh, Antonio Gates. Okay. All right, that Antonio comes Gates. to me then. Two thousand. 
there. I will, be, right there. I, I will be yeah. interested to see how long it takes him to get into the Hall of Fame because I think he'll get there. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, though, so it'll be interesting to see how many years mm-hmm. they take before they put him in. All right, so I'm going to take a running yeah. back this time. I'm going to hit my 90s running back, and I'm going to take Barry Sanders, the Jupiter Jiver. All right, so I get two picks in a row, basically, right? Yes. Yes, yes hold on. I'm writing, damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> should be typing like I do. Uh, I'm not in the mood. No, no. go ahead, Pat. You're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I have arguably the GOAT quarterback. So I'm going to take the GOAT wide receiver. Well, I took him already. <laughs> I did. I took him already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Make your goddamn pick. <laughs> what is that? A fish I'm, eating I'm, him? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking uh, Jerry Rice. Oh, Jerry Rice. All right. What is he technically? Would he be 80s or 90s? He's the 80s. Is he He's the 80s? 80s, probably. I mean, you could, you could say you could say both, but I. But you I'm, could say both. I'm thinking of him as an 80s guy, because I'm going to follow that up with a 90s running back. Oh. And you might think that that's going to be. <clears throat> well, he would not. be wrong. No, I don't. That'd be a poor that. choice. No. <laughs> Refuse to pick a cowboy. <laughs> so I'm going to take somebody who uh, was always one of my favorite players, even though he played for a team that my team played in the Super Bowl once upon a time, and that would be Thurman Thomas. Oh. Oh. I think people, even though he's in the Hall of Famer and everything, I. And, you know, I think he's unfortunately somewhat best remembered for not being able to find his fucking helmet at the beginning of Super Bowl 26 against Washington. <laughs> uh, I, I think people have somewhat forgotten just how dynamic he was, both as a, a runner and a receiver. And that's because he never won a championship and wasn't quite Barry Sanders. So, you know, he was playing an era where there was Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and some other guys. So I, I, think, I think he sometimes flies under the radar. Yeah, no, Thurman Thomas was really good. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, so let's see. So I need I have a wide receiver, a tight end, and what else do I got to pick? What did you take? You took a quarterback? Quarterback and a running back. Oh, two wide receivers and a tight end. Yes. And I got the 2,000. have to sit here and keep track of everything you do. So then I, well, I'm just trying to make sure I get the right errors and stuff right now. So I still need... 2000s, 2010s, and I get to pick from another yeah. the same era yeah. one other time. Okay. Just trying to make sure I keep it straight in my head so I make it the right people here. All yeah, right. So, what so, is it again? It's, it's one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end. Yes, so, yeah, yes, Jeremy, needs, Jeremy needs two wide receivers and a tight end. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to go tight end. And I'm going to. Who are go... you? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> I just said, are you? I'm You've been talking about it a lot his, lately. See, I feel like his career started in the 90s, but it spanned the 2000s. Yeah, it would have to. It had to. And that would be uh, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, he was He was, He was. was a rookie in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But late 90s, but, right? Like, I feel like it was late 90s. He was a rookie. I want to say it was. And Jeremy 90- could use him for the 2000s. I think he played enough. Like he could. Oh no! Yeah, I I don't have a problem with him using it as the 2000s because uh, yeah, I don't think he was a rookie until 97 or 98 because I remember him playing basketball. 
Yes. For, for, for Cal in yeah, the NCAA tournament against, against North Carolina. I think they played in the Sweet 16, and I want to say that was in 97. So that means he was so probably drafting the NFL. He's probably 2000 then most. Yeah. I would say yeah. more 2000. Yeah, yeah his rookie sure, year was 97. Sure. That's right. So, yeah, he would definitely be more 2000s. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure his career lasted into the 2010s, too. So the bulk of his career was the 2000s. Yeah. All right. So good. I got that right. I thought that's what his was. So, okay. So Tony Gonzalez for tight end. All right. Now I got to figure out my wide receiver shit. Good, good, good pick. Arguably the greatest tight end of all time. So arguably until until the guy that I, until the guy I picked career is over. I'm not sure if Gronk will equivalent his stats, but you know, again, it's always, it's always a good debate. It's subjective. Very subjective. I thought I, SOL'd myself on my wide receiver, but I, I did not. So I can do this. Okay. I think of Megatron. Megatron, nice. Do as I command. That's right. <laughs> You're an idiot, Star Scream. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I was like, he started in the late. 2000s but most of his career was in the 2010s so i was hey, sad for that one megatron was calvin johnson if i remember correctly right correct yeah okay hey DC when, when when in the transformers movie megatron gets you know remade into galvatron that moment freaked me out when i was five years old okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean probably did for a lot of others as well that whole movie freaked me out when I'm five years old because I barely understood the concept of death. And here's like every transformer that you knew know. From, from the from the from the show is getting fucking killed in the first twenty minutes. Ironhide and all of them was like, oh, yeah, it blows off Ironhide's head like you know, prowls like insides melt and he smokes coming out of his mouth and shit, and then then, Gal- <laughs> then Galvatron disintegrates Starscream and everything, and then of course Optimus Prime's death. So it's like, yeah. That was pretty freaky for a five-year-old who's being who made his grandmother take him to see it. Yeah. So was um AJ gonna take a quarterback third round? Hey, which Bronco uh, quarterback are you gonna take? <laughs> I'm gonna take Peyton Manning. Oh, I figured. Cheater. Why? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Who that's like, I'll take Peyton Manning. Then we'll, he'll be he'll be another person from the two thousands. So that right. I'm done with that era, that decade. Yeah, and I'll take Marshall Falk as my running back. He played enough in the nineties that I can take him for that decade. That decade. So yeah. Yes. When was his rookie year? Ninety four, not probably ninety five. Because he was, I think, his last year at San Diego State was ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Yep. So, yeah, he, he, he had, had a twelve year career, six years in internship year in two thousand. So there you go. And it's like a perfect breakdown. Oh, it's my turn, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did my eighties, my two thousands, my two thousands tens. Hmm. Which uh, which way should I go with my wide receivers? Should I take T.O.? Should I? Should I take Terrell, o- Terrell Owens? I would That's not take you, this dude. guy. 
Do I have a quarterback yet? No, I don't. Where, what do did I not. do? Why didn't I not think of a you're quarterback? The, yeah, you're, you actually took one after me. I thought I was going to be the last one to take one. You know what? That's 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 a okay. I am. Uh, I'm always debatable on this one. You know what? I'm going to take. Fuck it! I'm taking Chris Carter. Ooh, nice! Wow, that would be my nineties. Nineties, nineties. Yeah, I can't believe you do that. All he does is catch touchdowns. <laughs> I know. So, so such a, I'm gonna, such a I'm bad gonna person. take somebody that uh, Peyton Manning threw to quite often and has a quite the hell of a record with, and I'm gonna take Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Okay, I figured. Marvin Harrison, that's going to be the 90s as well. Oh, wait, yeah. no. Yep. No, that's 2000s. Yeah. So your 2000s is done. Yep. I got a 2010 pick I got to do. Yes, sir. And it has to be a wide receiver. <laughs> yes. Not a tight receiver, wide receiver. So it's back to Pat, right? And he's got two picks. Yep. Last two picks, Pat. Make him good, Darth Man. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right well i will take first a wide receiver who played in the 2000s and the 2010s and the 2020 but his career appears to be over now and i'm taking this as a 2010s pick and that would be larry fitzgerald mm, yeah Kind of sad that his uh, career seems to be just kind of ending on like a. Well, uh, he uh, let's be yeah, honest. I like him Some a lot. Guys too. play too long, and he, I feel like he's one of those guys. Even though he's not physically out of shape, he's just he's old. He's yeah, he's he's like thirty eight years old now, so he's just not he's not the same guy he once was, and and all that. So, yeah, there's a time where you got to say. I can't, not that you can't play the game. You just can't play the game at that level that you need to be able to play it at. And that's okay to say. What do you have left, Pat? Tight end? I got a tight end. And I guess it can be from any era since I've satisfied the era requirement. Um, And of course, for for some reason, I'm having a hard time thinking of somebody. Which era did you do Larry Fitzgerald from? I'm sorry, 2000s? 2010s. 2010, Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. So you've already used your 2010s up then. Yes, I've got, I've got Rice from the 80s and Thomas from the 90s. From and the 90s Brady from the 2000s and Fitzgerald from the 2010s. Oh, so you chose 2000s. That's not what you said the first time, but I'll allow it. <laughs> I didn't really say either way. Uh-huh. You have to be well, specific. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying as I'm just saying as, trickery uh, from him. <laughs> I, I'm just saying as AJ pointed out, it would kind of depend upon the way that my draft went. So yeah. All right, pick your tidy end. All right. All right. As my tight end, end. <laughs> you know, as much as I'd like to say Jason Witten because of the way that he tormented the Giants for his entire career. That's what I, I say to that guy. I believe I'm on record as saying, I will not pick a cowboy. So, <laughs> being that in mind, um, I'm going to say 
you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to go with Dallas Clark. Oh, that's a good one. I always like Dallas Clark. Yeah, he wasn't much on the blocking end of things, but man, could he run a hell of a route and catch balls? Yeah, because he was he was one of those guys who was like he was like a little undersized to be like a true mm-hmm. tight end, but he was also not fast enough to be a wide receiver. So yes. All right, so I got my 2010s, and this is tough. This is tough for me because there's a lot of good 2010 receivers. But this guy hasn't been picked yet, and he's still playing now, but I would go with Julio Jones. I thought about taking him. Never been a big fan of his. I give credit where credit is due. He's a hell of a player, but... uh, you know, Julio Jones. And I think that completes me. I am completed. That that completes you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are, you are complete. You are completed. <laughs> <sighs> Anything were to happen to you, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably, oh, shit, I could... probably move I could... on and get another replica, but there would be a 10-minute period there where I would just be inconsolable. What do you need, Joe? <laughs> Any a quarterback. I just realized I could pick from any Eric because I already did one from each of the others. Oh my God. He's gonna take he's he's gonna take Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> he was in the 80s. Wouldn't it be shit full if I just said, yeah, I'm taking Brett Favre? <laughs> oh man. Coming from a Bears fan, I'm taking the fucking Brett Favre. Interception machine, man. He just could throw the interception like nobody could. <laughs> you know, the gunslinger. He was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say he's a gunslinger. Maybe we should take Jay Cutler. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is this is uh this is where I guess you could say it gets a little interesting in the from the aspect being that. You know, you always have a bias to like, you know, your own teams. You always want to, gen- I think you, you always look to take guys from your own teams uh, whenever you can. But if there's one position where we would know that Joe could absolutely never pick a guy, it would be a quarterback from the Bears. I know. Jim there was McMahon, no way in living as, hell I would pick anybody. Jim McMahon, as good as he was for like a couple of years, he just wasn't good enough long enough. Jim McMahon was just flaky. I'm right down for it, so. He managed. Oh, I'm torn on the quarterback one. This is just tearing my soul apart here. <laughs> it's hard to pick a quarterback when your team's had shit quarterbacks for so long. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, like, that, well, I wish my team had that one or that one or that one. <laughs> that, that was my point. <laughs> so let me look know, at my though. team. I, How's my I, team I mean, constructed? I, Joe, I definitely, there's definitely somebody that played for my team that I left on the table. So. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. He's, yes, he's in a lot of ways. I was surprised you didn't take him. Peyton now was standing. Right. It was the way my draft played out because of who I wanted. It worked better that way. You know, I didn't, I didn't think Peyton uh, Manning was going to be around because I thought Jeremy was going to take him. So when Jeremy didn't take him, I'm like, oh shit, Peyton Manning's on the board still. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy went with Montana. That surprised me. I thought about I thought about taking Peyton as well, but at the end of it, I was just like, you know, 
I would have taken Brady. I would have taken Brady then, Pat. So, well, yeah. if you look at the way I drafted, I went in numerical order. I went 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010s, back to 2000. <laughs> Slacker. Yeah, at, the end of the, at, the end, at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, you know, it's it's hard to ignore the Super Bowl. Um, uh, Christ. Why is it so hard for me to pick a quarterback? This is actually the one position I did not know who I was going to take out of all of them. Ooh, you could go with Aaron Rodgers. Fuck no. I think Brett Favre <laughs> over Aaron Rodgers any day. Uh, he's more respectful than Aaron Rodgers ever will be. Jeez, so, do, you hate the, do you hate those State Farm commercials that much? Oh, God. Yes, I do. Hate them. <laughs> so, God, I have good people to catch the ball and I got pain. Um, fuck. Uh, I don't know if I want to take a quarterback from this, this uh, from the the 2000s or 2010s that's what i've torn on because mm-hmm. i really kind of want to take drew Brees, but then i don't he was definitely oh. he was definitely an accurate quarterback you want somebody <sighs> throwing to your wide receivers and it's going to be accurate or believe drew Brees was definitely that oh yeah i'm gonna take dan marino oh there he is yes the fucking stat machine <laughs> Listen, Dan Marino throwing the Chris Carter Megatron and Antonio Gates, I'll be fine. <laughs> Need someone accurate and has a gun of an arm to throw it to those guys. Tell you what, Dan, Dan you Marino was a fucking stash. Line blocking for them. <laughs> Dan, Mar- Dan Marino just feared the postseason. Yeah. yeah. Well, me and me into a Super Bowl so young in his career, that team really wasn't really ready to make the Super Bowl. And then he got embarrassed a few years. Denver and Jacksonville embarrassed him a couple of years in the playoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, AJ, last pick for you, sir. Steve Largent. Steve Largent. Largent with... I needed somebody from the 80s, so... Marv. What the hell? I can't even think of what position he played. He's a wide receiver for the Seahawks. Played his whole career for the Seahawks, then he went into politics, you know. That would be why I didn't I, – I knew the name, but I couldn't think of the team or when he played because fuck if I cared about the Seahawks back in the 80s. <laughs> or if anybody really cared about the Seahawks in the 80s except for Seahawks fans. Well, he had a very interesting start to his career in that uh, somebody – I think it was the Oilers – just like literally gave up on him without ever having given him a chance. Um, and then, you know, he went to um, Seattle and had a Hall of Fame career. So, yeah, no warrant. So, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's crazy as we did this. There's so many quarterbacks that played in all these different eras that were good. But when you got to pick from like the greats of those, like of those five different eras that we had to choose from. No, four errors, four, not five, four. <laughs> um, it, it's like, it's just crazy. Just the running backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, just there's so many. Over that was the fun, Joe. I think we yes. should, even though Pat would be at a disadvantage, I feel like it would be fun to do that in the basket in the NBA too, maybe. Oh, no, we should do baseball because then that would really be fun because I have no clue. All right, baseball there's, too many people, <laughs> there's too many people to pick there, though. Like basketball, you'd only have to pick five people again. So, 
We could do baseball too. That'd be fine. I really, I would seriously have to do like homework on that because, like, we'll give you a month, a month advance on that one. There. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna have Mickey and Jay on standby and be like, all right, who should I pick now? Wow. <laughs> yeah, baseball. I, I, would, I would, I would message, I would message Mickey and tell him to tell you to pick Big Poppy. That would be funny. <laughs> That's why. That's why I'm I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go with Jay on that one because Jay's not gonna do that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I mean, I can't take all Yankees. Pat's on here, and he's gonna take some of them. I at least know yeah. one pitcher I would take, and that would be definitely Nolan Ryan. If nobody took him, Nolan Ryan would definitely be like the one pitcher I know. Him and Fernando Venezuela, Valenzuela. You know, uh, those are two pitchers that I really are. Like two pitchers that I'm 100% sure that I would at least get one of them, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't pick. I, 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 I'm not say I wouldn't pick Nolan Ryan, but I probably would not pick Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan was overrated. <laughs> I don't think he was what? overrated. But... <laughs> Nolan Ryan was overrated. He was not one of the best pitchers ever. Okay, we're gonna step away from that because yeah. I don't know, I don't have enough history on baseball to be able to debate yeah. you properly. So we're gonna step away from that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's move into some wrestling, and all four of us watched a really, really fucking good match, and that was Kenny Omega versus. Brian Danielson, <laughs> got to yeah. make sure I say his name right because he used to be Daniel Bryan. Um, so it's now Four Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> WWE so. had to change his name. He was Brian Danielson before he got to WWE. Yes. So. But so, and I'm going to let uh, AJ kind of talk about this match and we'll weigh in. But it was, um, it so was like match of the year type stuff this was like jeremy you might you might have you might have seen one of the matches of the year so this is going to be in that discussion at the end of the year but after because i and pat watching rant when i watched rampage last night it was fun to see like see that like the ramp closer and you could see it was slippery because when kenny did that running v trigger he had to be really careful because he almost slipped on that ramp <laughs> okay i'm gonna I'm, i have to say one thing before we get too far into this why the hell do they gotta call his running knee the v trigger well no like, that's the name that's the name of the his knee they call it the v trigger that's the like, name I, of that move like i was just like everybody else gets a running knee but he's got to call it the v trigger i was like yeah, wow, that, they've been calling shit it is that, that? For, years for him i understand that but i was like that's just really ridiculous you, right now you gotta you gotta change you gotta if you do a move that a lot of people do and you do it better than others you gotta give it a name yeah but he, he does, does like it better 18 than times a match so i mean it's not that special i'm not gonna not gonna <laughs> but, lie anyways go ahead lot, aj i'm sorry it's to be that clear. was that was the first time i've ever that that was crazy when he did that one on the ramp because he fucked brian danielson up like he jumped from so far away <laughs> yeah and managed was, to get him in the face still. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was it was it was really a great match. It was fun to watch. And and the fans got to the point where it wasn't necessarily about the good guy and the bad guy. They were just like, holy mm -hmm. shit, we're watching this match. This is fucking awesome. And I think the last time those two guys wrestled each other was 
2009, 10, something like that. Right. Like on the indie indie circuit. Yeah, indie and the, and the indie scene. And that's like the right. Kenny Omega had super short, well, not super short, but a really short hair. And yeah, um, that was Daniel Bryan's. It was shaved head and all that shit. That was the right decision. I like the note, the time limit draw too. So I was happy. With, with yeah, I, I'll be honest. I was surprised by that. I mean, I knew that's how it ended because you guys had told me, but I was actually really surprised by that, that there wasn't a definitive winner, but it worked. Like there was in no the story, it no works. Online, so like ne- neither person came out of it looking weak. Every, both guys came out of it looking strong. So like I just and Daniel Bryan's not doing the yes anymore. So he's way more. I can handle him way more because he said he's not going to do the yes <laughs> in AEW. So right. So the one thing that I particularly didn't like um, was at the very end because I don't because I don't know the whole story behind it, so it didn't make sense to me. Uh, and maybe you guys could tell me, you know, weigh in on it and let me know. Was Kenny Omega's, like, faction coming down and, like, slightly beating up Brian Danielson? Um, I didn't get that, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell one of the Young Bucks was wearing. It looked like a uh, men's romper um, yeah. from the 1980s. I was They're like, awesome. what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, it was awesome, but I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> That's they're just their, they're wearing it's their, their heel stick right now. <laughs> they're wearing their it's, PJs. It's how they're they're going about doing their heels, their 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 heel run right now. It's, they they're very outlandish. They, Jeremy, they had to set up the they had to do something to further set up the match that was going to take place that they taped Wednesday that was on Rampage last night yeah. between the Super Click and jungle express and christian so that's why the bucks and adam cole came out right yeah because i know they did mention that at the end of the match once those both groups had come out that you know these guys are going to meet at rampage blah 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 i was like okay that they take that they (laughs) take after dynamite even though they didn't show it till friday they taped it on wednesday so Mm -hmm. yeah so those fans who bought tickets for wednesday got a treat because they got to stay and watch fucking rampage nice so four hours of wrestling for them. That's that's pretty good. Yep. It was a the Wednesday show was the best show of the week. And what I'm about to say, if you would have told me this six months ago, I would have said no way. NXT was the worst show this week, and I didn't think I would ever utter those words. That in a in a in the four show five shows that are on now, I didn't think NXT would ever be the worst show, and NXT was the worst show this week. <laughs> And all I I'd say think, that uh, is, thanks, I think Fortnite agreed with you on that one. I was his podcast came out late this week, but I think they were saying that NXT was pretty fucking terrible. It was bad. It was bad. Like Bleacher Report was giving matches D's and F's on there, and they don't throw F's and D's around very often. Yeah, <laughs> their their rebranding has a lot of potential with certain wrestlers, and there's other wrestlers that are kind of like it's a toss up of how the fans are going to take them, but. This rebranding is going to take them a couple months because it's 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 just not good, you know. I could see the potential in some of the guys and other guys. It's kind of like I feel like they're overdoing it, and I feel like they're going to use the older older talent for them to help the young guys, which is fine because you know L.A. Knight already put you know Steiner's son over already, <laughs> you know when he wrestled twice and he lost to his son um, at, the, at the beginning of the show. So it looks like Steiner's son's going to be fighting Ciampa pretty short, shortly for the title. 
And I won't be surprised if Chava only holds that belt for like a month or so. And, no, he's, and, and Steiner's son's going to have that belt. Steiner's but, son. Which, which is fine. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like Ciampa and some of the other ones are going to get lost in the shuffle. Oh, they are. And in three months, and <laughs> in, in three months from now, you're 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 very rarely going to see any of them on on NXT ever again. So I, it's for the females and the men. So it's going to be interesting to see where they where they go with this transition. There's who somebody, gets called up and who gets released. There's there's a son of a Steiner on NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Rick. Okay. It's Rick Steiner's son. Nice. Rex. What's his name? Bron Breaker. Yeah, Bron Breaker. That doesn't say Steiner. (laughs) Bron Breaker. Yeah. Yeah. They should they should really use call him Bron Steiner or something, but you know, use the Steiner name. The breaker. Listen, the smart fan, even the casual fan, is going to know it's is his son because they've already mentioned on NXT that he's the son of a legend. He like, like, why like, would you? And he acts like him, and he sounds like him. There's not yeah. like any way. And the, but the first week when he was on, they didn't say anything about it. But one of the announcers was like, "He's he's a dog faced gremlin." I'm like, "Ha ha, he's a dog faced gremlin." <laughs> <laughs> keep keep shout, keep keep throwing those little uh, you know tidbits out for us. People. So I want to I want to take obvious. a. I want that's, to take it. That's the whole reason why I'm, I'm pointing that out is because they've had other second and third generation guys in there in the past who they've done everything they can to like not acknowledge their lineage, and it ends up causing them to never get over in the first place. Uh, prime example: Curtis Axel. Yep. If you just let him be Joe Henning from the start, then maybe he could have gone somewhere. But so I'm just afraid. I'm afraid that they'll fuck this guy up already because they'll never acknowledge that he's Rick Steiner's son, Scott Steiner's nephew, you know, all that shit. So just... I don't understand anything that they're really doing there right now. So yeah. But I want to go, I want to go back to the um the Kenny Omega uh Brian Danielson match a little bit. Um, because one of the things I was kind of surprised with this match is, and I know we're kind of f- jumping around here, but I was surprised there wasn't more high flying. Now, not that I expect them to do a lot of high flying, and I'm actually really glad that there wasn't, but because I know the kind of wrestler that Daniel Bryanson can, uh, Brian Danielson can be. Uh, I've never seen Kenny Omega wrestle, so this is the first time I ever got to see him wrestle. So I wasn't sure if he was a, a flyer, or not a flyer, more of a ground guy. Um, Only when needed. But, but I'm. Go ahead. They did it. We just said they did it when needed. Right. Yeah. And and I was needed. actually glad to see that because. There are too many times where you watch smaller wrestlers like Kenny Omega and Daniel uh, and Brian Danielson, and that's all they do is high flying, like risk taking moves that, yeah, which are, they're nice to see, but too much of it is too much of it. Like it, it doesn't need to be all the time during every single match. I mean, they did do some crazy stuff. Uh, they he did that. Um, uh, what the hell? Where he had him in the uh, in the um. I forget what the hell they called it, um, but Kenny Omega gave him that like um, double arm like suplex off the top, and he ended up landing on his belly. He did that one. Um, mm. Well, they did a poison rana. They did a poison rana, which is like kind of a reverse Canadian destroyer kind of. Yeah. Like where he, that was cool. And then so, they did yeah. uh, essentially an angle slam off the top rope. They called it something different, but yeah. you know um, because they can't use angle slam, of course. Um, you know, so there was a couple big, big moves, 
but nothing crazy that like is going to put these guys lives in jeopardy like because they're overdoing it it actually when you look at the, a lot of what today's wrestling has become from a lot of guys except for the really big guys who can't do that kind of stuff on an every match basis it was nice to see them go a little bit more old school and really be about the in-ring wrestling some of the um trying Story. to wear down a part body part you know there was actual psychology yeah. to this then more than just like okay let's get a whole bunch of bullshit in so it looks cool but we didn't tell anybody anything about you know uh, i'm tougher than him or no he's tougher than me <laughs> And the cool thing is, even though the crowd got to a point where they were just like uh, enamored by the match they were getting seeing, you could always see who was the good guy and the bad guy. Like there was never a delineation where who's who is the bad guy, who is the good guy. You knew Kenny was the bad guy, and you knew yeah. Brian Danielson was the good guy. So uh, whether the crowd was in, you know, booing him or not, he, there was a definitive good and bad guy. You know, so if you, I don't, you, I don't like, I don't like definitive good and bad guy though. So I don't. I, I like that they've kind of went away from that. I don't like that it it, ha it doesn't have to be a good guy versus a bad guy. Like I don't I don't I don't like that dynamic. So I prefer it not be that, especially in AEW and NXT because the crowd cheers for who they want to. Usually not who the face and the heel is. It's a lot of tweeners. So I don't. You're right, Jeremy, but I don't I don't like the mm -hmm. faith the heel i don't like that dynamic i'm not a fan of it so. right and, I, and i'm not you know i i've always been under the belief you can cheer for who you want to good guy or bad guy you know face or heel it doesn't matter i don't care who you root for if you want to root for the bad guy root for the bad guy but in the scheme of things to be able to tell a story you have to know who the bad guy's supposed to be whether he's getting booed or cheered you know you have to know who that is and that, that no like wrestling said, psychology, that, yeah. Right. So in that match, you know, there was no booze for Kenny Omega, but you at there least was, knew he was but... supposed to be the bad guy. You know, you knew who he was supposed not, to be. The bad not not a lot though. They not were doing they, they were doing the th they did the thing a little bit in that match that Big Show Pat told me he does not like. He does not like when they punch each other and go boo yay boo yay. Pat told me he doesn't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love that either. So, but Pat yes, told there was me a little bit of like that. that. <laughs> yeah, not that big of a fan of it, but it's, I mean, it is what it is. You know, oh, they yeah. do that to get the fans into it in regards to that. But I, I mean, understand. Jeremy, if you. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, so, I was going to say, if you want to watch Kenny more, just, just YouTube him. Because yeah. a lot of his matches in, in New Japan and in some indie scenes, he does a lot of the, he doesn't do a lot of high flying. He is really only when needed, depending on who he's wrestling. But he's, there's a lot of stuff where he does like, the pure wrestling psychology of body parts and all that jazz. So he's just some really good matches to, 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 to watch from him. Right. And the thing, I, and I get what you're saying, AJ is that you don't necessarily like, you know, the definitive good or bad guy. And, that, and I think that becomes from watching um, WWE so often where they kind of tried to dictate that you're not supposed to cheer for this guy because he's the bad guy. And, you know, and that comes from a lot of 80s psychology yeah. too, um, you know, where, you know, <laughs> bad guys were, you know, the evil Russian guy or the evil, <laughs> you know, guy from, you know, the Middle East or, you know, there was just like, there was always like the foreign evil guy versus the American guy, you know, and stuff like that. So, but I think crowds are... Fans are smart enough to know that, hey, even though this is the bad guy, I still like this guy, and they still cheer for him. But it's up to the the guy in the ring, if he's supposed to be the bad guy, to play it off and be like, you know, 
don't cheer for me, fuck you. And, you know, you know, to play into that, to show that he is the, you know, I, I am the bad guy, you know, in that, in that match. So, but it's, it's yeah. cool. And, and I agree. That's, I did like that about NXT, you know, didn't matter if they were playing, which, which healer, healer face, they were either going to get cheered or booed based on what the crowd actually wanted to do for oh, that yeah. particular person. So that's cool. It, it, it is cool. It's a cool dynamic to see. And it was like that until they, decided to do this nxt 2.0 bullshit i would watch <laughs> and gargano adam cole and champa got cheered no matter what they, they yep. didn't the, the nxt crowd did not care what those guys were doing they got huge pops every time they came out and the fans were cheering them even if they were the heels the fans were cheering them and that's like that's what that's what made the nxt crowd unique to me is that they just i never felt like they were like I'm going to do what you're telling me I have to do. We're going to do whatever we want. That's kind of how the yeah, NXT right. crowd always was. Right. And I think a lot of that too also has to do with the fact that the NXT crowd and, and even AEW crowd yeah. are not that dynamic of five-year-olds to like 13-year-olds. They don't have that dynamic in the crowd. It's it's more of a crowd that is your 20s, to you know maybe 35 year old males you know <laughs> the, that, demo. A, the demo <laughs> right and you don't yeah. have the moms necessarily in there you might have women in there oh. but they're not the mom women where they're trying to teach their kids good good and bad and evil and you know no you know. they're just pure wrestling fans who just like yeah. want to watch it and watch sweaty men roll around in their underwear <laughs> it was <laughs> just sounds nasty man <laughs> it was, and it was, we won't be able to hear this song anymore <laughs> Yes. Shock the system. That's one of the greatest theme theme songs ever. Yep. NXT, and it's gone. <laughs> so I like Adam no more. music now. It's it's good. It's better than the shit that they gave him at the end of his NXT run. I like his music now, but it's not ever going to be better than Shock the System. So. And Joe, I just tested it. The crowd can definitely hear what you're you. playing. I, so it is so it. awesome because you got to show yes. me how to do that. I've been trying to figure out how to do that on this thing because I want to have sound bites in there, like stupid little uh, funny sound bites that we could that I can just hit was, a button and like play that shit. I think a lot of people Wednesday night were surprised when Omega and Danielson was first. That was I don't know if anybody really knew that was coming. They didn't announce it. They didn't say that that was going to be first. So I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I think it's cool that they let Brent and Ruby be the main event that night because that match was really good too. So yeah. but I, I think that it was everybody was a little bit surprised. And AEW does this because they did it last night. They put CM Punk first. And I, I didn't I, – wherever you're at, it's fine, Joe. Powerhouse Hobbs botched like three spots at least in that match. So I didn't I didn't like that match because I think I don't think he's there yet. And I felt bad for Punk last night because I think he was wrestling somebody that didn't belong in that situation. That match was still better than the main event. The main event last night was kind of a train wreck, I thought. I, I saw a lot of people saying they didn't like the main event. I didn't like the main event either. I, I didn't love it. So the event was all right. It wasn't my favorite. I uh Hobbs is it's one of the things like I, I don't like him and don't dislike him. He has potential, but like the her Karana thing they they did when that was just that move shouldn't have happened. And I, I don't know what Hobbs was waiting for and whatnot. And I'm just kind of like this this is gonna go bad. And then Punk starts bleeding. And I'm just kind of like, all right, here we go. And you know, I know some other things Hobbs was a little did not do very well. 
I mean, it's a learning experience for him, but I just, I wasn't, uh, it was, yeah, it was a little, little off on that match. I think, I think Punk was being LT at the end of that match. What, Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, there's that really famous clip of LT, <laughs> the preseason game against the Jets, where he chases down Ken O'Brien and sacks him. And as he's getting up, he says, you know, son, y'all got to do better than this. There's the moment at the end of the match after Punk's got the one oh, yeah. where he like patted Hobbs on the chest. Yeah. And I can just like picture Punk saying something to him like, son, y'all got to do better than this. <laughs> and I want to, yeah. and I want to, and I want to like Hobbs, but there was uh, some obvious rough spots in that particular match. He, and <laughs> they even, Joe, they even ruined Homicide coming out. Like, what was the point of him coming out? He didn't even really do anything. I was like, cop killer, bitch. Well, yeah. Here, here, here's something that Cornette has said this. I'll preface it with that. But this is something with which I totally agree with him. And this is something that AEW has done going back as far as I can think of. They have all these surprise appearances where the guy comes out with the theme music playing or like the pyro going off or the shit on the screen saying who it is. So, surprise? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I can think that they did that going back to when like Jake the Snake made his first appearance, you know, like, you know, they, they had like a thing already, like a, like a, a Titantron package for him playing and everything. And it's like, why should they have had a Titantron package for him? He just showed up for the first time, you know? So when I, when I, when I caught the end of that, cause I kind of stopped watching rampage and then I went back to it and, you know, I saw homicide come out and everything. It's so like like the, the the ramps lighting up with his name and everything, and I'm like, but then he comes out of the crowd. I'm like, what? What? Why? Well, that's kind of homicide's thing to come out of the crowd too for a lot of stuff. Well, no, that's fine. Then he just then he just <laughs> have him come out of the crowd, jump the rail, no music play, no pyro yeah. go off, no Titan Tron go off. He jumps out of the crowd and and he and he saves and he saves Kingston and Moxley. That's yeah, I, I kind of I agree with you to a certain extent. I think they should kind of veer away from like other promotions do as far as like surprise appearances like if you're going to play his music and stuff if they win the match he helps they win the match like play his music you know what i mean to come out and help in, in regards mean, to that, that if you're going to have something for him but i think they should kind of like do things a little differently and not not the norm if they want to be stand out a little bit you don't always need to have the music playing to have somebody come and do a run-in or a save you know and in most cases it's less effective when you have that the only yeah. time the only time I could really truly think of where like they played somebody's music when they came down to the ring to do a run in like that was the the Rock Foley match when Austin came down because you know the fucking crowd, you know, just lost its goddamn mind when his music hit that particular night. But most, yeah. I think that's that's the that's the uh, the exception, not the not the norm. So, you know, it's uh, just it's something that AEW does constantly that I think that they need to stop. Just 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 stop on. Why not do it for every single person? Yeah, my opinion on the the Omega uh, Danielson match. Um, yeah, I don't totally get what Jeremy is saying. I think that they were holding back, and then we and the reason I say that is because we know they're going to wrestle again somewhere down the line. Yeah, so you don't want to you, you don't, you don't while you don't want to empty the arsenal the first time they lock up. You know, because because then it becomes law of diminishing returns in a lot of ways. And I do agree that I, I mean, I understand that AJ likes tweeners and, you know, cheer, cheer for who you want, but I do like when you at least delineate 
you know, at least when it was coming from the way that it's booked, that this is the bad guy. Because as we all know, you need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. <laughs> so say goodnight to the bad guy. Last time you're going to see a bad guy like this, let me tell you. So, but um, but yeah, I it, I do like it when it's booked. Hey, this is the face. This is the heel. You know, people can still cheer for whoever the fuck they want. But you know, and if the company feels like they need to make an adjustment because it's not going the way they wanted to, then they can do that. You know, but yeah, I I definitely agree with I like where it's at least booked with a certain thought in mind as to this is what we're trying to do. So. Now whether or not now whether or not the uh, the rats followed the Pied Piper is another story. And yes, the, I didn't call wrestling fans rats. They were <laughs> I think that Pat's right. I think they were holding back. I don't think they emptied the bag either. But these guys just put on five star match and they weren't even completely digging into their bag of tricks. Another reason why I feel like, you know, you said you were, you know, it could be surprising that um they went on first. Actually, it makes complete sense just why they go on first. So they know they're doing a time limit draw, right? And you know, this show's live, and then they were taping another show afterward and everything. Because you're putting this on during the live show, the only way in which you can guarantee the timing of it, where you're going to do the timing right to get the time limit draw, and you're not going to interfere with other things that you have planned for your the rest of your show. And especially when they don't get an overrun period, so they have to be off the air at a certain time and everything. Then if you're going to do like a time limit draw like that, especially for a match that went as long as it did, then yeah, you have to do it first. So from the timing aspect, the fact that, that they were doing the time limit draw made perfect sense that they put that match on first. Yeah, that the only, match. The only downside to that match was like everyone in the crowd like blew their load in that match. And it was kind of like the mm-hmm. crowd at for the rest of the show was kind of like in it, but not in it like they should have been. Because yeah, they, were they were just they were just they, like so en- enamored by this fucking 30-minute match they just watched. So they're kind of like, whoo, wow, that was fucking awesome. Now we have no energy. We're well, barely any energy all left the guys for the went rest to of sleep. the show. And they, <laughs> they were very much sitting on their hands for and, certain parts of the, the next, show. And the next best match to me on the first night was the women's match that was the main event for that show. And then... Yeah. I read somebody say that by putting Punk on first last night, letting that happen first, you suck the air out of the building because people wanted to, they could have saved Punk. They definitely could have, even though there was botches in that match, I still think that that match would have been better at the end. I know they wanted Homicide to come out. That's probably why they did that at the end. But that match was just, it was just not. Or maybe the end of the first hour. Well, I, I mean, fine with that too. Assuming, assuming that they taped Rampage in the order that it was broadcast, yes, yes. immediately when uh, Dynamite went off the air, meaning that they were then starting to tape that at ten o'clock Eastern time um, on Wednesday night. I can see once again why they would put Punk on there because they could be might have been concerned that a four-hour show, essentially, waiting to have him, even though he did the promo on Dynamite, um, you know, 
having yeah. him wait until the end that they might have I think they might have been taking a risk that the audience might have just lost interest, gotten bored, and not been able to get back up enough for, for him to, to wrestle. I can see that. This is the issues I think when you try to do that many hours of wrestling in one night in one and in, in one night in one block and everything. So that's why when I saw something today that says it doesn't sound like WrestleMania 37 is a guaranteed night uh, or whichever one next year is 38 is a guaranteed two night affair. I immediately went, because uh, I ain't going to sit and go fucking one night WrestleMania if it's going to be six goddamn hours. I, I think they're going to do two nights. <laughs> I still think that. I think they'll come to their senses too and realize that it's worked out a lot better that way. And especially when they probably once again realize it allows them to essentially draw two houses. Uh, you know, yeah, assuming yeah. They make more money. Assuming that things are relatively normal in terms of like, you know, live event attendance, you know, still come April, which, you know, I certainly hope they will be. Oh, um, I mean, Dallas, they don't give a shit. Texas, they don't give a shit. Them in Louisiana is tough to do live events in because of their requirements well, for live events. Where is where is WrestleMania next year? I thought it was in Dallas. It's in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, I <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was LA, but it's LA that's the, year. the following year. That's yeah. that. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, there's something else that Jeremy said about the Omega Danielson match, and I of course hated that they both had to do fucking suicide dives in the match. I mean, they both did it. They both did them early, but. Um, Jeremy mentioned that you know you overusing a move so it becomes less impactful. Um, the last WWE video game I played for PS2, I think it was, shit, I think it was fucking like SmackDown versus Raw 2006 or something like that. Nice, that's um, two. <laughs> hey, I haven't gotten a new system since the PS2 or the GameCube. I just fell out of video game consoles. But anyway, the, the whole point was there was a caveat to that game where that within the um, limits of one match, if you kept using the same move over and over again, and you know you're you're doing so much button smashing in those games that um, yeah. sometimes sometimes you just you just do it without necessarily trying. But like the more that you use the move, the less effective it would become. And I think that definitely applies to you know real wrestling in the sense that i think that there are certain moves that are overused within the span of one match by certain people so i would like to propose something to mr jackson and jackson please limit limit yourself to five super kicks each during one match and not 20 that 20 might be hard it might be hard for them. felt like they threw about 20 fucking super kicks in that match last night. Well, they did not. So well, they I, did it, but I, it, it I does forgot, I, I could have go to go back and count it. They need to do something other than fucking super kicks. They just did they throw them out like they're fucking cough drops. <laughs> I could use a cough drop right now, by the way. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm not saying anything, so I'm not saying anything. I, this is going to digress into an argument. I'm not saying anything. So, look, I'm I, I'm not saying they're the only people who do stuff like this with certain moves. There's this that's probably their stick. That's been their stick for years, Pat. Okay, and I'm saying it's 
I think it's stupid. I th- I it, it doesn't work for me. That's well, all I'm saying. That's fine. And you, I, I'm, I'm not saying nothing. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm done. I'm not saying nothing. So I just, there are I just, times I just, where they can, just, there are times where they can tone it down a little bit and do something else. But I mean, it yeah, is their stick. There was, there was, they do I overdo never, it at times. There was one really great spot that they did in that match last night. I can't remember what the hell it was now, but I think it was a spot with, it was it was either the jungle with Roy or Luchasaurus. It wasn't with Christian. I Christian. I can't remember what spot it was though. But I remember legitimately, like you know, like like just like jaw dropping. You know, like holy shit. You know, I, I just can't remember what exactly my, it was. I mean, my back. favorite my favorite thing in that match was when Adam Cole had him in the Boston Crab and they both kissed him on the cheek. That was awesome when they did that. That was my favorite part in that match. So oh, then they drop kicked him at the same time. I don't, yes, I don't, yes. I don't, I don't get why they do the, the whole kiss thing. I'm not, it's from, it's from back you, when they were in the elite together in Japan. Right. Okay. What I mean is, are, are they trying to annoy people by doing that? Are they trying to, are, are they, is it his way of, is it, a, I mean, like, is it a way of trying to get heat, which yes. I, don't I, mean, I mean, I, I don't, I, I mean, I like when I think people who are fans of them like when they do that. So, well, well, yeah, they, this is, but, but right now they're heels. So that's the yes. whole thing. So it's a it, heel thing for them. It's it, it, again, it, is it a way of them trying to get heat? Because, and the reason I'm bringing this up, this is a kind of a shit segue. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of you guys watched Thursday night's dark side of the ring on Chris Canyon. I did not yet. No, I need well, to watch that two of the people interviewed were Matt and Nick Jackson because they were, they were self-described Canyon fans and they hooked up with Canyon and everything. So mm-hmm. they knew that Canyon was gay and everything. And they said, said that they like, you know, their initial reaction was kind of like, Oh really? He is. And then like, they kind of said that they realized within the span of about 10 seconds. So what, which, you know, I just wish everybody had that attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, I almost wonder, like, if they're again, if they're trying to do that as a as like a heel spot, because they know that whatever homophobes are out there in that crowd are going to start booing them. So that's that's the only thing I'm wondering. It's like I just I'm just kind of wondering as to why they decide to do that. I mean, okay, it has that history with the, right, elite the psychology behind it, right? But again, like, is that the reason why they're doing it? Are they just going for like the easy heat when they're heels because they know that? certain people are just going to go like oh my god a guy kissed a guy you know so yeah i, I think they've been doing that new japan i think days. they're reading too much into that personally pat but that's just me so uh, i mean i could be i just again i'm just i'm just not quite sure why they i mean there's a connection there them. so i get that they, they they're the the box are like kind of that they're at that point where people like them or they don't like them so they're going to get they're going to they don't really have to try hard to get the heat anymore. AEW's challenge is going to be trying to get heat on Cole because everybody pops the shit for that guy right now. And I don't know how they're going to get people to boo that guy. <laughs> the only way they're going to get people to boo him is when he beats up Tony Schiavone soon. <laughs> That's really going to be it. You know, you know, with no offense to Tony, because I love Tony. Um, but I don't even know if that would get people to boo Cole. But it's the whole thing. Who I think it would. A, who that is in AEW, that's not Danielson and that's not Punk. Could they have Cole 
go after that is going to get them to boom. I don't think I don't think Jungle Boy is that person. I don't think Christian's that person. I don't think Orange Cassidy is that person. Jericho is definitely not that person. Cody is definitely not that person. Um, when Paige comes back, Hangman Page, obviously. Um, I don't think he, as a, I just can't see what it is. Like it may, they may almost have to throw him in a program with Daniel Center Punk in order to do that. But it seems to me also that with Punk, they're going to try to keep him away from like the real, real, real yeah. established so. guy. They're going to have so. they're going to have him work with the younger guys, guys who he definitely hasn't worked with before. For now, but, guys, but also like not guys who like have some kind of wwe history no matter what what it was and um just i just want to throw two other quick thoughts in about dynamite and rampage one for each show again i texted this to you guys nobody was cheering for cody nobody that match was deader than dead too that that was one of the that was one of the the dead points i think they need to turn him heel asap especially they probably don't want to because of his goddamn reality show, but I think especially because of his reality show, because um, I think uh, I saw a headline, I didn't click on it, but Arn Anderson, who's obviously been working closely with Cody, I guess was saying that he thinks that the reason why people aren't really cheering Cody right now is because in their eyes, Cody is becoming too Hollywood. And considering he's on that show, whatever the fuck it is, and now he's got the reality show and everything, they can use it they can use it for sure right right it is a bit of a like well where is your focus right now cody is it in the ring or is it in hollywood so you know yes. they, they, they they could definitely do that too but but it, i just i i couldn't believe that the crowd was dead for that the, the best part of that match shouldn't have been brandy sitting down in the ring and telling malachi black to fuck off and that was the best yeah. part of the yeah, that's, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm very surprised that AEW went after Malachi Black. I'm I don't think he's. I'm not. To me, he fans felt love like he him. Died he has a following. I don't. I, I don't. I don't like him, Jeremy. I I can't stand him. So I I don't. There's nothing about him I like. So <laughs> to me, he was a guy who hadn't gotten a full fair shake in WWE on the main roster. And so because because he hadn't been on the main roster long enough, he didn't have, I don't want to say he didn't have like the WWE taint on him or something like that, but there's still like a lot that you could say. I don't think anybody wants taint on them, you know? Yes, (laughs) obviously. But but there was like a lot that you could say you could still do with him that the national mainstream audience hasn't really seen. No, no, WWE didn't, they didn't do any, they didn't do anything. They didn't do him any favors for him. That part I'll agree with. I just wasn't upset because I'm like, sweet, I don't have to see him. So, so yeah. here's my thing with uh, Malachi Black, formerly known as Aleister Black. I just, when I watched him, whether it was in NXT or the like one time I saw him on the main <laughs> roster, I just, I never, there was nothing about him watching him or watching a match that made me say, I got to see this guy. Again, like I need to watch another match, or I need to, I want to hear him talk because he's got something, because you know, he's got something that's going to intrigue me to listen to him. And it doesn't have to be funny. I'm not saying be funny because Jake the Snake was not fucking funny, but I wanted to watch his promos because they were fucking interesting. No, that's what uh, you're saying. Yeah. You know, so there was just, and that's why from, you know, and I'm not like a lot of other fans either, so I don't want to say, you know, say I can speak for every fan out there, but it didn't make. 
it makes sense for AEW to bring them on the roster because there's that fans, but from an overall standpoint to attract maybe new fans, I don't know if he's going to be the kind, like bringing him on is going to be the kind of person that's going to bring in new fans, you know, to that, to that program where bringing he does, he does. Punk is going to bring the fans that Punk has bringing Brian Danielson will bring their fans, you know, certain people are going to bring certain fans where, he does. Yeah, like, he does have fans, though, Jeremy. But he does. So I just, I don't understand it personally. But he's not uh, everybody's cup of tea. I like. Him. He's not. He's not really like a needle mover in that sense. Yeah. He's a. He's a striker. That's his style. Nakamura is the best striker I've seen. Malachi Black doesn't have half the charisma that Nakamura has. So like, if I'm gonna like a striker, I'm gonna take Nakamura. Malachi Black is generic. Nakamura to me, so that's and I, all. And I wish they would yeah. do something with Nakamura in in WWE, but WWE. I mean, they have. I mean, they've actually Ooh, put the Nakamura. On oh, them. I got something they for that. Him, they gave him Rick Boots. <laughs> they gave him a guy guy playing the guitar. They've got Pat McAfee marking out like a five year old kid every time Nakamura comes out. So I think so. Wait, hold Pat on. Just, I think Wait. Pat had a seizure. <laughs> Wait, let me play it again because Pat was getting into that. He's going Pat. Now he stops. <laughs> no, no, I thought you were. I thought you were gonna do it from the beginning again. Oh wait, hold on. You want to do it from Nakamura the beginning? Nakamura has from the beginning. pretty epic music too. It's like Nakamura has some of the best entrance music of all time. Rewind, and it's funny because it's a fucking violin, an electric violin. Wow, Pat is acting like Pat McAfee. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> somebody send a doc send somebody send an ambulance to his uh, house he's having a oh, shit. <laughs> i don't know where i am uh, <laughs> all right and pat's done all right well, um real quick i i wanted to say one of this quick thing i didn't get to it about rampage oh okay the jericho and hager versus uh jim Cornette wannabe whoever the fuck it was that they were actually wrestling because I wasn't paying attention during this part. I think I was uh, doing some stuff in my kitchen. The men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, it's who they were wrestling. Okay, good. Well, the reason I'm putting it like that is because when I came back, I think it was like when the match ended, all there's, of a sudden, people in the ring. there's, there's 12 people in the ring, <laughs> including, including some woman who's acting like she's the toughest thing ever when she's wearing That was uh, Paige Van Fleet. Like, Van like a bra, when she's wearing a bra and a... Uh, pink uh you know business suit um and they're all taking their turns on she beating up on, on, on jericho and hager to like the best of their ability and something about using brass knucks and everything and all i heard was the insane yeah <laughs> dead silence because <laughs> nobody cared silence because that jim Cornette nobody. wannabe guy is a fucking idiot Nobody, Dan Lambert. Nobody, yeah. nobody gave one shit, let alone two <laughs> kids. And I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Nobody in that audience gives it who knows or cares who any of those fucking MMA people are. Nobody's buying this Dan Lambert shit. <laughs> and I don't think Jericho's over it. I mean, he. His entrance is over, but I don't want well, to know. People, 
people I I, I, I don't think he's over it all out because people were upset when they thought he lost. So he still got he definitely still has a following. So right, well maybe maybe it's the Jake Hager taint then. Well, Jake talk, Hager taints anything. Jake Hager's talk, a piece of shit. Talk, so, talk, talk about somebody. <laughs> talk about somebody who's never he's been poop able to on get a over. stick. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know, so I mean, just like talk about somebody right. who's never been able to get over in any way. So it's just it's like. Whatever was going on with that, I, I thought it was terrible. I don't know where and, they're going with that. And and when the crowd was doing it's everything, too much. And when the crowd was doing everything but chant change the channel, um, it's like you know how quickly again does that reverberate to the back where they go, hmm, maybe we re- need we we need to rethink this. And I've said in the past, I don't think you abandon an angle because of one week's bad crowd reaction in one, in one location. But at the same time, again, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense as to where they're trying to go with it. The crowd was so fucking dead. And um, where the fuck was the rest of Jericho's group during all of that? They had already run. Yeah, that's the next match. Yeah, but guys come in and, and you know do run-ins all the time. So it's like Jericho's got this group and three-fifths <laughs> of it didn't come down to save them. So <laughs> I don't want Yeah, to- that was my biggest concern. Like, where was everybody else? Yeah, so... I just that was just so fucking terrible. I mean, it was it was bad, Pat. You're right. It, it was uh, it was there were there was they, they they definitely delivered on a lot of good stuff with their two shows this week. There was a lot was of good spots though too. All right, so I want to I want to stay on wrestling, but I want to take a moment because I had a chance to watch the Collision in Korea. The the um. Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and I know I'm a little bit behind on that, but they just released it to Hulu, so I got to watch all those episodes that I couldn't find on YouTube for free. Um, <laughs> but I mentioned this to 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 Joe about Too Cold Scorpio, and I had to laugh. <laughs> I just I had to he's, laugh. He's I, a funny character. Like there was a lot of there was some really interesting information in that, and I was surprised that. You know, I, I understood why Eric Bischoff and and them wanted to do this because they wanted to have something up on WWE at that time or WWF at that time. Yeah. You know, be able to say that they did something that they didn't do. Um, but evidently it was very crazy because they were pretty much like prisoners uh, inside yep. Korea um, because they don't like white uh, anybody from America. I don't want to say white people because it's Americans in general. Um, they don't like anybody who's not North Korea. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and you know they they cut off the one dude's phone call because he was talking to his wife (laughs) and he said something that they didn't like so they just cut off the phone call like there was really creepy stuff but it was funny because i did not know there was so much heat and i don't know if it was just this trip or if they always had heat between like legit heat too cold scorpio and hawk from they have legit had heat for like a while like and it was just interesting because you know the way the too cold scorpio tells it that you know he he could he could just whoop hawk's ass like he was just i i, I whooped his ass that boy knew not to mess with too cool scorpio you know i'm like laughing because not that that too cool scorpio is not maybe a legit badass i mean i don't know really anything about his background or anything like that because i've never seen any documentaries on it or anything or read up on him but i've seen stuff on hawk and you know and heard stories about hawk 
I know he's a legit badass from what, you know, from everything that I've ever heard and, 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 and seen and read. So for two schools, two cold Scorpio does pretty much say that he just whooped his ass and there was no, nothing that Hawk was going to be able to do just kind of made me laugh. And one of the guys that was there did say that, you know, Hawk was on some kind of drug for his alcohol problem at that point in time. That really kind of yeah. made him like not a hundred percent there and paranoid. Yes. Yeah. But there was uh, there was one point where cold two cold Scorpio said, "Yeah, I had it, my finger in his eye and had it halfway out." And I'm like, "Um, if you had his eye halfway out, I think there would be a serious fucking problem with his vision, like to be able to wrestle <laughs> at all." I mean, I'm no doctor or anything like that, but I'm thinking eyeball halfway out at socket. There's some serious problems that are going to be arising from that for at least a couple days. You know, you know wrestlers and their exaggeration on some of their stories. You know, <laughs> you know they like to exaggerate or you know, a little bit too far sometimes. Yeah, I uh, I mean, Scorpio was a fun guy to to watch in the ring because he did some pretty insane shit. Mm-hmm. For back uh, then. For back then. But, no, but, absolutely. Um, whatever was going on with with Hawk and during that, I think it was because, I think it was a combination of um, he was in withdrawal from, I think, both some steroids that he was taking at the time. And some and some other type of medication, so he wasn't in the right state of mind in any way, shape, or form. I don't think. Um, and they all knew that too. Yeah, um, why Scorpio just didn't give him a wide berth, knowing that he wasn't right in the head during all that, is an exercise left to the viewer, as they say. Um, but I, I, I'm sorry, Scorpio. No matter what state of mind Hawk was in, if you tried to take him down one-on-one, he would have torn, torn you in two. I mean, because I, I don't think Hawk was, was somebody that under any circumstances anybody in their right mind would mess with. Right. He's That's like Brock Lesnar. Anybody who starts fucking with Brock Lesnar is nuts, in my opinion. So, so I just... Uh... It's, it's hard to believe that story, too. To it's at 100% truth. Right. And, yeah. and, here's the, and here's the thing. And here's why... And here in 2021, with Hawk having been dead since 2003, uh, I believe it was when he passed away. Um, so. You can tell you can you can tell that story. You're here to tell. <laughs> you're here to tell. You're here to tell it. He's not here to refute it. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody else who they could who they could have interviewed for would have really had complete direct knowledge of exactly what happened. You know, they could they might have seen this or that or pieces of it, but not the whole thing. So, yeah. Well, and and here's the and here's the thing that made me kind of like wonder about this whole story. He's talking about making a shiv out of these metal chopsticks that he got from the. Free. If you're so badass and so tough, and you can beat the crap out of Hawk, what the hell do you, you need a shiv for shit to kill for? him? What do you need the shiv for? Because evidently yeah, you don't need because uh, you're tough as shit. So that's the other thing that kind of threw me off. I'm like, why are you making a fucking shiv, man? What are you, the yeah, fucking prison well, system right now? Like, what the hell's going right, on here? <laughs> right. I, I think Scorpio even said to him because he was sharing a room with uh, Chris Benoit during that. Yeah. And like Benoit sees him making the shiv and Benoit's like, you want to spend the rest of your life in a North Korean prison? <laughs> yeah. You think it's bad in America. Wait until you spend, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he yeah, wouldn't last a, crazy. a couple days. Tra- tra- right. Yeah, tr- trust me. If Scorpio had somehow like attacked and murdered Hawk on North Korean soil there back in 1995, um, I have a feeling that Scorpio would have died before Hawk did. 
Yeah, very much uh, so. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to move on to um, baseball. Real quick, hey, talk me, about baseball. Me Pat, let me and Pat do our little skit thing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skit, skit wrestling. Thing. It's wrestling. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear this skit thing. <sighs> this better be good. I can't get this time of my life back. You understand? <laughs> to, uh, do I need to get some Vince McMahon music here? Can I, can I? Yes. I, I just have to warm up my throat real quick here. Like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play the part of so I'm going to play the part of the creative, and Pat's going to play Vince McMahon's part. Okay. And this is this is the tagline on this meme. It says Vince reacts to Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Are you looking for music, Joe, or do you want me to go? I I got Vince McMahon's music, so whatever it's Pat's turn, I can play his music. Okay. So. Wow, sir. Dan- Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega wrestled one hell of a match on Dynamite. <laughs> oh, really? Well, who won, pal? Uh, no one won, sir. They went to a 30-minute time limit draw. Huh. A draw, you say? Yes, sir. You know, that's something you don't see anymore in wrestling. It says Vince glares. Excuse me, sports entertainment. That's better, pal. You know, maybe that's something we should try and do more often. We could introduce time limits and have them run out instead of the usual surprise roll-up, no contest, outside interference, and or distraction routine. Already one step ahead of you, creative. Anything AEW can do, we can do better, pal. That's the spirit, sir. Damn right, pal. Now go tell Dewdrop and Eva Marie they'll be wrestling to a 30-minute time limit draw next Monday night, damn it. It'll be such good shit. Oh, and one other thing. Tell them if they end the match too soon. Yeah. Ah. This is, and like, the thing about this that makes it even funnier is this isn't out of the realm of possibility, guys. That would be a fantastically uh, awful match with Dewdrop and Eva. Oh Marie. my god! No, it'll be such good shit, pal. Did you not just listen to anything I fucking said? <laughs> Eva Marie can't have a two-minute match. <laughs> That's good. I'm. St- yeah, I, I, I still and, don't understand why they keep bringing this fucking woman back. And in, in, in this role, she has I would, nothing I, to I, offer. In, in this kid, I would may as well say creative might as well have been Bruce Prichard. <laughs> And well, when I say she has nothing good. to offer, I say nothing to offer wrestling wise. That's true. Yeah. Because because Pritchard is the one guy that's in within like the inner circle who I could see would still kind of be paying attention or at least cognizant of what AEW is doing. Johnny Ace doesn't give a fuck. You know. Mm-mm. I thought you guys were gonna kick John, off John, that. John, Johnny Ace. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Ace only uh you know cares about being all like, oh gosh, Vince. Oh, your your arms look so great today. Oh, it's so, <laughs> so thick and vascular. <laughs> Did you change your routine? Oh God! Like you're talking you about his penis. Disgusting. Jesus. What big ears you have, Mister McMahon? <laughs> That's why I don't think I want to get that old because your ears do get weirdly, oddly big compared to the rest of your head. It's like your ears starts to expand as you get old. <laughs> 
maybe you're it's happened to some people. <laughs> maybe Thank you, shrink. Pat. Thank you, Pat, for doing that. I, I knew that would be fun. All yeah. right. So I got it's it's fun. There's there's fun, and then there's funner than fun. <laughs> and I knew Joe and Jeremy would get a kick out of the end of that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I like that. All right. So let's real quick talk about baseball. Um and what's going on? So if baseball nothing. were to <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so if baseball were to end today oh, um, God, we play the astros fuck you got yankees and uh red sox playing you got the dodgers and cardinals playing in the wild card games uh astros and white Sox playing in the uh oh, ALDS. alds and of course the rays whoever wins the wild card you got the brewers and braves playing in the nlds and then the giants play whoever wins that wild card and the reason i bring this up is because you know i listen to philly sports radio and every damn day, it's like, well, the Phillies were one game closer, and then they lost one. And da, da, da. so I hear about the Phillies all the time. And the Phillies, believe it or not, are actually doing better than what they were expected to do. Like, they were expected to finish right at 500. They're actually four games above 500, uh, six games above 500 right now. So that's pretty impressive considering um, the team that they have. They don't really have a great team. Pitching's decent. Um, Bryce Harper, and, and this is what's got to really suck. Bryce Harper is having an MP, MVP season right now. Um, and he's on a team that probably is not going to make the playoffs. And that's pretty fucking shitty. Like, to be that good um, and not be on a team that's going to be able to, to really do what they need to you do. Guys are, you guys are five games out of the wild card. Yep, there's the wild card. Yep, five games out. It, well, I mean, you guys won five in a row, but St. Louis has won 15 in a row. Yeah. So that's disheartening well, right there. Um, the wild card is not the way the Phillies are going to make the playoffs now if they make the playoffs. They're, it'll, it's, it's, they'll, they'll win the division or, yeah. or not. So. Yeah, this division's really close, too, because it's it's a game and a half, and that's only because Atlanta hasn't played an extra game. Is down one game. They have, they're a game short of the Philadelphia Phillies. It's 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 basically two games. Yeah, yeah, because you, you can't make up losses. So that's really the way you have to look at it. But there's still, you know, yeah, like eight games to play or eight days to play. So it's it's not impossible. It can still happen. Yep. yep. So it's just it's interesting. Um, the Yankees are looking good. They're 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 destined to be playing in the wild card uh, unless um, something crazy happens. Um, well, it still could because the Yankees have seven games left, one against Boston, who they're tied with. They they won the first two games in this series against Boston this weekend so far. Uh, and I feel like this is the game, one of the, the most recent game. And what the hell is that ugly ass yellow and blue uniform that Boston is wearing? What the fuck? <laughs> that's is that one of the, that's one of those city special uniforms that some teams have worn. And that is ugly. That, that's the one for the Red Sox. It has some kind of meaning or significance. I don't remember what it is, but yeah, I. I always, I, I just find it ironic. You can, of course, say, you know, they're called the Red Sox and then they don't actually have any red in their uniform with those things, but whatever. Um, the Yankees then next week, they have three games uh, at Toronto and mm-hmm. three games versus Tampa. So wow. that's tough because Toronto's right there still nipping at their heels and Tampa's yeah, two games out. And Tampa's just won the division. The only possible thing that, way to try to look at it as like a hope 
is that Tampa won't have anything else to play for by the time those games roll around. And that's a distinct possibility because they're like five games up on Houston, even for home field. So Tampa might just be just like resting and resetting during that series next weekend. But at the same time, I'm sure if they had a chance to keep the Yankees out of the playoffs, they would relish in, in doing so. But uh, the thing then too, for the Yankees is that because they're playing Boston and Toronto and Tampa, I mean, they control their destiny. You know, you win, you're going to get in. So um, that's, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. And the Phillies are in such a weak division. They're lucky they're in this division because if they were in any, I said, uh, not division, but any other um, grouping here, like the central or the West, they'd be in third place and wouldn't even have a chance to make the playoffs. They'd be well, scoring. yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the thing why I, I don't like this with the second wild card, how it's, how it's one game, because it's like, you say, Oh, well, you know, for these two teams, you gotta, you gotta win one game just to keep going. And of course they said, well, you know, that puts more of a premium on winning the division, which, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But it's like, you look at Boston and the Yankees right now, they're 88 and 67. That's a game better than the White Sox who have won the AL Central because that division was weak this year. And yeah, Boston and the Yankees were playing in the National League East. They'd be, you know, five or six games ahead of the Braves. So, uh, because the NL East has been weak this year. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a thing that's going to always fluctuate from year to year. You can't really do anything to, you know, to prevent it. Because I mean, look, I mean, arguably the two best teams in baseball play in the same goddamn division, and they're a game apart from each other. So, yeah, um, yeah. But, but one team's going to win the division, but one team's going to have to go to a one game winner take all uh, in order to keep playing. So I think it should be two out of three for the wild card, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I I could see them changing that at some point. Uh, I mean, of course they have to uh, they have to hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement this coming off season, which I think is going to be uh, loads of fun. It's going to be um, a shit show. It's going to be a shit show, and you know they basically have nobody to blame but themselves for it. So, um, but I, I don't know if changing the wild card to a two out of three format is something that's really been discussed much, or and so. I don't know if something that I don't know if that's something that can be changed outside of the CBA. So it's like if they don't touch it this time, then it'll probably be like that for at least another five years. So here's another interesting thing that I wanted to point out being a Phillies fan is the Phillies are doing a slightly better than what they did last season, not by much, just slightly. But they got rid of their head coach, you know, their their manager, Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler goes to San Francisco. And look at what San Francisco's record is. They're 100 wins and 54 losses. So who was the real problem in Philadelphia? Was it Gabe Kapler and his coaching? Or is it the fact that they are a talentless fucking team? I'm going to have to go with it's uh, a talentless team, except for <laughs> a couple guys. I mean, the, the Giants kind of came out of nowhere this year, though, too. And they had them. I don't think people had them making the no. playoffs, no. Let, alone, let alone winning 100 games. So they I, have I definitely think been I, a huge surprise. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's been I think it's been a what what what's the old uh, the old adage? You know, little column A, little column B. Yeah. Well, so. it just goes to show you that evidently Gabe Kapler is not as bad a manager as Philly tried to make him out to be. 
Like they tried yeah. to make him out to be yeah. the, the terrible, the worst manager because all he did was care about analytics. He didn't care about the game. And evidently he fits with what San Francisco was doing in the talent that they had. And he made connections with the talent, was able to get these guys to play better than what, definitely way better than what it was expected of them. So I think that speaks volumes to who Gabe Kapler actually is and how good of a coach and how good of a manager he is. Uh, and it's sad because the Phillies got Joe Girardi. It's not like he's a, it's not like he's a terrible coach. He's a hell of a coach, but he can't, he still can't do anything with this group of guys. Yeah. I, I think the Phillies problems have been more front office related. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people, I, I, I could be wrong on this. So don't like hold me. Like, don't like hold me as like a gospel thing on this, but <laughs> I believe I, I believe I've read in the past that they were one of the last teams to really get up and running with like an analytics department. Uh, so they were behind the curve on stuff of that sort. And that then is a problem with like their management and ownership, whoever's making the ultimate decisions. I'm not sure if it's, you know, if it's the GM or if it's somebody else, but it's like if you know that this is where uh, Kapler, where his uh, strengths are, you know, as far as like, you know, managing this, that, the other thing, and you're not really giving him the tools and that he's that are in his wheelhouse, you know what I mean, to, to mm -hmm. succeed in everything, then that means that you, it was a bad fit and you shouldn't have hired him in the first place. Yeah, well, Joe Girardi's the same way. He's a very analytically uh, strong person too. That's where his thing is right now. Yeah, with with Girardi, he's still a little bit more old school. I mean, in the sense that you know, he's not necessarily going to do like what the computer readout would tell him to do, kind of thing. That's a little joke. But I can also tell you, as a Yankee fan who watched him be the manager for for a decade, uh, some of the things that would be frustrating about him is that he would always have his binder. You know, this became a joke among me and my Yankee friends. Uh, you know, like, oh, he's whipping, out the, he's whipping out the binder. He's not going to go against what the binder says, even though there might have been, like, other evidence that said, well, whatever was in the binder was wrong or stuff like that. So he could be a little too inflexible at times, and I think that's ultimately why the Yankees decided not to bring him back after the uh, – uh, whatever year it was, uh, when was the last time I went to Disney World? Uh, 2017. After that, that 2017 season, and they went with Aaron Boone, but seen a bunch of issues with Aaron Boone as a manager too. So, uh, yeah, I'm already speculating that they're. I don't know. I I kind of think that if the Yankees somehow don't make the playoffs, Boone's going to get fired. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Girardi could be a little too inflexible at times, but. Uh, I think another issue for the Phillies has been health. Uh, you know, sometimes you, uh, you know, there's guys you're counting on and they get hurt. I mean, that's been a big problem for the Yankees over the last several years. It always seems like somebody important is out for a long stretch of time. And a couple of the past few years, like the Yankees were without like Judge and Stan and guys like that for long periods of time. This year. Stan's actually played this year. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so, has, so, so has Judge. Their, their injuries yeah, they've, this year. They've kind of stayed healthy this year. Their injuries this year have been to starting pitchers and um, bullpen guys. Well, you know, so just like pitching in general, they've had to shuffle so many guys through the bullpen and everything. But um, I'm just I'm looking at the Phillies baseball reference page for this year. I mean, 
one of their big problems is that they've only had three guys throw 100 innings. And it's not like guys throw 250 innings anymore. But at this point in the season, you would hope if, if things had gone right, you'd have five guys there who would have thrown probably between 130 and you know 130 plus innings, which means you would have had five guys in your rotation who were both healthy and effective enough to have carried you. And they really haven't had that. Wheeler's been no. great. Yeah, Wheeler's Jared been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. But Aaron Nola, 4.64 ERA in the National League, that's below average. And like everybody else who's kind of listed as a starting pitcher has been, you know, either hurt or bad or both. So, yeah, it's been a sh- it's been a shit house. Um, and that's why I feel bad for Bryce Harper, because he really is the heart of that team and to have the kind of season that he's having and have to be on the team that he's on is got to be heartbreaking for him. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I've always been a big fan of, of, of Harper since the beginning, because he's. He's, he's obviously good, um, and he also doesn't he, – he doesn't really, like, like, take any shit. Like, he's not, like um, – he, he's not stupid, I guess. Um, you know, he, he, like, knows – he knows what he can do, and he knows what his role is and everything. Know your role. Um, <laughs> you know, but he's all – but he also seems like, you know, he'll take accountability, of course, like, if he's not performing and everything. But, yeah, he's having arguably – an MVP year and be a little, little sad that he could potentially not win the MVP because the rest of his team wasn't that good. Because a lot of times there always still seems to be this whole thing. Like, um, well, if your team doesn't make the playoffs, how valuable could you have really been? So yeah, I hate that shit. How much? How how much? How much worse would they have been if you weren't there? Ha 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 ha! You know, like that's like like in the Phillies' that. case, a lot worse. <laughs> yes, but I, I I mean to be fair, when when I was saying that, I was thinking specifically of the year that A Rod won the MVP when he was with Texas and they yes. finished in last place. But he was still clearly the best player. You know, it, it really it, it really wasn't that hard to see. You know, so it's like so it's like you know. Okay, you're going to say that because his team lost 95 games, um, that was his fault, even though he hit 50 home runs, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, anybody got anything else they want to throw out there before we call it a night? I found another <laughs> another funny meme. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This This one never gets old either. That's what the part of this is. It's a picture of John Cena and his prom date, and it says, poor girl went to the prom by herself. <laughs> and the guy put, I sleep good at night knowing this joke will never die. <laughs> well, um, that's actually funny. Do you, guys cool. know, do you guys know what Honest Trailers is? Yes. Yes. Well, they did one for the Suicide Squad, and you know, when it gets to the end where they go like, you know, starring and then they make kind of like jokes about the people in the movie. So when they showed Cena there, it says, wait, there's nothing there. All I see is, oh, I see what you did. <laughs> it was some, 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 something like that, you know, but it was, it was of the like, you know, like, you know, the, you know, you can't see me meme. So <laughs> it'll never get old with that. You can do so much stuff with that sh- that you can't but, see me but, shit. 
that's the only reason I thought I knew you once again, I found something that I knew you guys would all find funny. So that's why I just happened. I was like, Oh, this is funny. And I knew you guys would think it was funny. Yeah. I, uh, I had a fun experience in my apartment last uh, Sunday with a, sweet. Uh, the strippers came finally. Wow. Pat, it's about time. No, I, I finally figured out why I was like, when I'm in this, I'm in like this, what's the second bedroom, which is, you know, an office now. Um, and like, the window is the, the window what a right, quote. Is, the, the window was right in front of me so like, and the ship pulls off to your left okay I, keep going. I, kept on, I kept on thinking that i was hearing things that are like outside like louder in oh, the street cue, and, cue up uh randy orton's music <laughs> and i finally figured out why it's because there was a gap in the window like it was like knocked like inward a little and I got the confirmation this one last Sunday afternoon, a wasp flew in. And it was at that exact moment that I realized I do not have a fly swatter. <laughs> Killed that bitch with your hand, did you? <laughs> I got this little thing that I've got for my uh, for my refrigerator. It's like a little like you know calendar game plan thing. Uh I grabbed this and I beat the shit out of him with this thing. Well, let me tell you something about that fucking wasp. <laughs> I hit the shit out of it three, four times to the point where I stopped hearing it and I couldn't see it. So I'm like, well, I don't hear it. it must mean it's dead. And hopefully I'll find it before the end of the day. Well, I got up to, I got up to get a drink when I came back as I was sitting down. There's the little table over here where I have my computer tower and some other things, including my external hard drive. And there right next to the external hard drive was the wasp, which was starting to crawl onto its right side and everything. And I said, oh, fucking A. And so I quickly grabbed the little box there again and once again started to beat the shit out of the wasp again before it could fully recover and start flying. What a man. He was like Buster Douglas. He wasn't going to stay down. He was going to beat Mike Tyson. (laughs) And then I I quickly grabbed the napkin and put it around the damn thing and tried to crush it with also not really trying to crush it because I was afraid the motherfucker would sting me through the napkin. And then I quickly ran into the bathroom behind me and I flushed that some bitch down the toilet. And then you heard. Guess what? On Monday, when I walked into that bathroom, guess what was on the top of the toilet? The wasp. The wasp. It was dead in the bowl and everything, but it somehow got out of the napkin and floated back to the top. So you turned it on him. Like 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 (laughs) Owen Hart, like a turd nugget. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I just flushed it again at that point, but I just went, you motherfucker. You should have shit on him. <laughs> nah, that's, 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 like, that's, this that's is the final the, hurrah for you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the main bathroom. And uh, uh-huh. no, I, I would also, of course, be worried that somehow as I was doing that, the thing would fucking would like sting him in his butthole. Come back to life and sting me and sting me, sting me around my big and stag, sting me. Right in the nutsack. Sting me right in my big fat ass. Oh, that reminds me. I wanted to make a joke at the beginning of the show that I forgot you. I was going to say that when we were talking about the shirts and everything. I was going to make a joke that I was going to do this whole show bottomless. Oh. 
You're going to do what? I was going to make a joke that I was doing the whole show bottomless, that I was wearing only the shirt. <laughs> okay, Sakamoto. But, 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 it, but, but it slipped my mind. I consider it a lost opportunity. All right. Yes. So, so we're, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, that was too fucking funny with the wash shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like insects. Especially those that can sting. So, all right. So, all our fans. So, anybody who watches this, what we want to know is, I'll, I'll stand up here so you can see it a little bit better. Raise my mic up so you guys can hear me. Is if you would like That's to start fans making like the these shirts, not necessarily these colors <laughs> for all non-Eagles fans, but if you'd like to see or be able to purchase a shirt like this. You got to let us know, got to drop a comment, got to say something to us uh, so that we can get an idea if you guys are interested in getting a, sh you know, having a four guys round table shirt, um, you know, there's something easily that I, that we can do uh, and give us an idea of uh, whether it's worth it for our fans or not. So with that, we are going to, oh my God, I still got tears in my eyes from laughing so hard. Holy monkey. <laughs> Over a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, the whole thought of that thing flying up and stinging him either in the ass or in his nutsack just like had me just dying. <laughs> it is um, funny to think about. Just remember, I give you the setup, you let your imagination run wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like Hulk Hogan running, Hulkamania running wild. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, man, I body spent Andre the Giant, brother, and I tore every muscle in my back. <laughs> and it was only about a week after that Andre died. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, that's a story anyways. for another. That story for another. Yeah, we'll, we'll oh, say that. God. All right. Um, but we just we always want to thank everybody who is either watching this or listening to this, no matter where you're getting it, wherever you're hearing it. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We really do. Um, we are starting to see a lot more people tune in from all over the world. Um, so we just, once again, we really appreciate it. So keep on watching. Keep on telling us that, you know, showing us that you like it. Because the more that we see it, the more that we want to continue to do this. Not that we're ever going to stop anyways, but we like to know that people are actually enjoying what we're doing besides just ourselves. So um, thank you guys. And with that, we're going to say good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And we'll catch you on the next episode.